Blog Talk Radio. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Know the Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill. All right, I'm soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red Pill, will be calling in shortly. We also have some of the family dropping by tonight. All right? This is definitely a special broadcast, um, and it's an honor to be back in the presence of the family. All right? So I'm just getting the boards in the studio, and I'm seeing that there's a lot of things that have changed over at Blog Talk, huh? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have to be remodifying a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is it's no longer here. You know, they cleaned a lot of stuff out, I guess. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying? We're still in the building. The signal is still alive. The program is still strong. And we welcome you all. All right. Yes, indeed. I don't even have any music set up to play at this particular time. All right? But it's all good. You know? There's definitely a uh, healthy amount of events, a lot of things converging on the horizon that make it very necessary to bring the signal back. You know what I'm saying? It's a set up this transmission once again to have dialogue, to have open forums, and to have this particular bridge available where information can cross over from one side to the other. So there is definite needs and necessities for this platform, you know. But we are honored to be a part of the legacy that we lay forth on this particular platform, all right? You're honored definitely to be back in the presence of the listening audience, the family. I've got a lot of emails and phone calls from people who are very discontent with our absence, um, the lack of programming and things of that nature that they've been unable to find on blog talk or other talk radio formats and platforms and things like that. So, you know, people want the real back and is glad to be back in the building, all right, with the transmission and the signal, even if all of our audio is not available to us right now, thanks to Blog Talk cleaning out the catalog. But um, we're still here, all right? The signal is still up. And we're going to get into some things tonight will bring a lot of clarity to uh, some misconceptions because from my understanding, the family doesn't have a clear understanding of what took place and why the hiatus was necessary or even, you know, there was no warning shot, so it just came out of nowhere. And we do understand that. We'll get into some of the explanations as to why that was, and then we'll move forward. All right, but it needs to be stated, it needs to be addressed. Uh, you know, there's been place 
should I say, since we last spoke. So we'll try to cover some things, touch on some things, should I say, you know, and then we keep it moving and keep improving, all right? So we want to shout out the family that has showed up uh, early to the stew. I guess everybody figured that the intro music, but there's no intro music tonight. You know what I'm saying? We're getting right into it. All right, so I'm just waiting on my co-host to check in and everything else up to mix. You know, we're definitely going to have some time on the show to hear from the family, to hear about what's been going on with your Tuesdays and your Fridays. You know, I'm getting a lot of accounts from from most people. I've shared some of my own accounts, of course, but... um. Let me not talk you to death. They say I could be long-winded, but this brother here, they call brother Mr. Longwind himself. Call him from the 347-650. Peace. You're fighting for the title there. <laughs> yeah. Title for the long-winded. Peace to the family. Yeah. Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. Welcome to Know the Life Radio. You are now rocking with the best. Yes, this is your brother. Of the Red Pill reporting live and direct. I'm in these streets, okay? So, we're going to get to hear uh, the streets of New York co starring tonight while we take you on this journey, welcoming you back to uh, back home, back to the platform that uh, people have grown so fond of. You know what I'm saying? Welcome back. Yeah, like, there's been restaurants and certain clubs that we love to frequent, you know, we knew that that was the spot to be. And sometimes those particular venues had to be renovated. And you kind of like yeah. lost your love for nightlife or you, you, you lost your love for the things that, you know, those elements bring because they were no longer available and you definitely couldn't find them anywhere else. So you just fell back into whatever you fell back into in the meantime, in between time, you know, hoping and praying that that renovation speeds up. So I use that analogy to uh, paint the picture about where we at with this right now, you know, and the, and the need sometimes for renovation, you know, for home maintenance, the things of that situation, yeah. Growth, evolution. Home improvement, you know. Home improvement yeah. starts on the ground floor. Knocking some walls down. Putting some marble in. No. Yes, yes, indeed. So, you know, I I opened up the show and I told the family that at some point we were going to get into a discussion talking about the reasons that we had to take the hiatus rather than just leaving them guessing or leaving them, you know, um, juggling whatever somebody else might have told them, you feel me, because they never heard it from our mouths. I would love to hear yeah. I would love to hear what were the reasons according to the according to reasons. Well, according to so-and-so and so, the niggas ain't going catch you no more because. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, so, yeah, that's yeah I look forward to that. Huh? I said I look forward to that that segment. 
you know, chop it up. Yeah. For the most part. You know? But um, it's been a minute since they heard from us. I don't know if you want to follow them up with that. I don't know where you want to take it from here. I'm sort of freestyling. Okay. Well, we'll just let it flow, you know, naturally. Um, first of all, first and foremost, shout out to um, coming from Sonetta Studios, Brother 19th Letter, you know what I'm saying, who's an MC, a conscious MC, Sonetta Studios, shout out to his audience. You know, um, I'm, I invited the family to come over here and listen to the show tonight. So anybody who came through as a result of that salute, you know what I'm saying, make yourself comfortable. You know, um, we were building about God Hop, Battle Rats, you know what I'm saying, the whole uh, Lux, Charlie Clips, Battle Rats phenomenon that has reinvigorated the uh, the Battle rat world, you know. So we were just building on that. We also got into the conversation about this weekend, you know, the plans that everybody has to be in D.C. to converge as a conglomerate of media, conglomerate, uh, UGR, shout out to Brother Rich, Baba TV, shout out to Baba, Sonetta TV, House of Consciousness, shout out to Sonetta, KTL, shout out to Red and Blue. You know what I mean? And everybody else is going to be down there. But, you know, we're gonna, we decided to be a part of history and um, document it. So that's what we're going to be doing. You know? Indeed. And that's a great Indeed, way. Yeah. yeah, and that's a great way. And that's an awesome and a beautiful, great way, family, to start uh, a show like this or to restart or to reboot or to welcome back off of a hiatus on the eve of, you know, uh, an event that um, is done yes. properly and is done the way that the ancestors have planned for it to be, it will be an event that will move things in a direction that um, we definitely needed to be in at this point or this juncture, you know what I'm saying, that we find ourselves in right now, you know. So it's a monumental, it's, this is historic, it's a good time to be here, you know. That's what it is. You know. Yeah. Hello. A lot of excitement in the air. Yeah. That's what I was about it's to ask. Of... So as this as this time approaches, you know, what are you gathering in regards to the atmosphere? You know what I'm saying? What is the atmosphere? What's in the air? Hmm. Is it strong? You know. This is a very strong um, energy that I feel, you know, in the atmosphere surrounding, you know, the uh, just the concept of a million people coming to D.C. under the banners of Justice Sorrell. You know, shout out to our brother Wesley Muhammad came, who made sure to make the platform one of the first platforms that they launched this campaign uh, that everybody knows as Justice or else. 
He actually came and did it on KCL Radio. And, um, you know, people are very excited. I know a lot of brothers, you know what I'm saying, and sisters who they went to the they went to the uh the one twenty years ago to the march. You know what I'm saying? They said it changed their lives, it raised their vibrations, their frequencies, it helped them um build their network. They were able to see people who they didn't see in a long time and meet people who they've been looking for all their life. So people are just excited about gathering under the banner of something other than, you know, some coontastic, you know what yeah. I mean? More, yeah, or mourning, right, crying, or mourning, mourning. Back. suffrage, yes. you know what I'm saying? Victory. This represents, if yes. nothing else, think that I used the perfect title to inaugurate the return, you know, with this show we call this Still Standing. And for the imagery I'm showing, a million-plus melanated bodies on the Washington Mall, you know, and there's pros and there's cons from what I've been hearing. The phone has been ringing, and some people's cons are, man, I'm tired that we just still standing. (laughs) Man, I ain't going to D.C. to march. You know, Martin did that. You understand me? So after all this, we still standing. But I think it's an appropriate title and it kind of fits the whole atmosphere of the return, you know, with all that we've seen, with all that we've endured, with the miles that we've gone, with the work that's been done, standing, you know, and movement at least requires that. You feel me? So I got a lot of phone calls from young brothers across the country that have been watching us on the social networks, listening to us on KTL radio, you know, receiving light codes in different ways. And for some of these young brothers, they weren't old enough for the one 20 years ago. So they say, brother, this is my first march, you know, and I don't do marches. I'm part of the youthful generation. That's not what we're about. But yet and still, for the opportunity to stand with my bedroom and sister and be a, a, a part of a historical event, you know, where this is the first place they've experienced something like this, being yeah. in the same area, atmosphere, vicinity, the people that are not hostile towards one another and that are in the multitudes like that. So if nothing else, these, for these youngsters, for these Young lions and, and, and the sisters as, as well that are coming through, you know, they expect to see their peoples because some is coming on the strength that they're like, yo, y'all open the door to this information for us. You know, once inside we were able to go through so many different rooms and, you know what I'm saying, go through so many different schools and meet so many different teachers, but, you know, they expect to see the family there. You know what I'm saying? This is an opportunity for a lot of people that don't connect on any other level, you know what I'm saying, either due to distance, uh, availability, or whatever. You know? Whatever bridge is blocking that passage, this is an opportunity to skip over all of that you know what I mean? 
and put yourself in the field, on the field, you know what I'm saying, because where you can gather down. something. Hold on, you can gather mm-hmm. something that is monumental and transformational to a degree where some things may never be the same. So I see we've got our brother Cosmophysics in the building as well. I'm going to make sure that I open up his line so we can get a cosmological insight. We can get a lens onto the lawn and see exactly Wagwan. You understand? So when the family is standing strong, they could be charged up. You know what I'm saying? And ready to take that next step and do whatever is necessary because, you know, a lot of people are even in anticipation and what sort of platform or program is going to be laid out like what does or else mean? You feel me? And then what else? So do we got to reconvene if the or else is is not substantiated in the way in which there's penalties involved and things of that nature? Like, how does one gauge, you know what I'm saying? How does one gauge what's going to be presented as to whether it's applicable or whether it's doable or whatever? Or are you just coming initially for the charge? Feel me? Where are you there? Take his phone drop. Not a problem. I do a silver surf just Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree with everything that you're saying, you know. Um, one of the premises behind the different media outlets that are part of our network coming together, saying, yo, we're going to go out there make a movie, yeah. is the fact that the majority of our people Maybe about three or four, five or six or seven or eight percent of people who may be uncomfortable seeing their people unified wearing fezzes, kufis, Hanukkahs, durags, fitteds, the future, you know, the future hats, shit like El Dorado hats, you know, <laughs> crowns, whatever, you name it. There'd be a few people that are uncomfortable with seeing that, but for the most part, the majority of the people that are out here that are being fed these images and these stories and documented history, they're going to benefit from seeing the collaboration and seeing the unified principle and seeing the the experience. Because it doesn't matter. You don't really even, if you don't go down there and you can't make it to D.C. or you're scared, but there's excuses that you're wrestling with to make that trip still going to happen, still going to go down in history, still going to be reported in the books. People are still going to network. Solutions are still going to be made on that field. There's nothing that can stop that. Facts. People are going to have conversations that are going to help save lives, come up with all kinds of things. There won't be no taking place. Yeah, and, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you have control of that person, people. You know what I'm saying? If you are still searching for a reason, 
you have control of that. You know what I'm saying? It's within your right, your power, no possibilities for you to spark a gym. You know what I'm saying? Spark a conversation that, that you know what I'm saying, is, 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 is even if it's worth somebody's time. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're paying with for real. So, you know, these are yeah. things that um we should all keep in mind when it comes to deciding if we are going to participate someone's participation, okay? Right. Because there's still mm-hmm. business incentives available to people that are listening that want to make some some bread as an investment, you know what I'm saying? Because we all going yeah. down there with merchandise. We all going down there to do business with proper persona. Uh, yeah, and our proper persona amongst a healthy, you know, market. A healthy market, you know what I'm saying? A lot of potential customers gathered in one space. You know, it's to be taken advantage of on every level for the reception of the information, for the imparting of the information, for the business, for, for the merchandise, for the marketing, for the documentation, mm-hmm. even for the propaganda and the propagation of propaganda. You know what I'm saying? Fact. You can be the deciding factor between something happening and something not happening if you are involved process. You know what I'm saying? Bring your energy to the field. Bring your protection with you. Bring your ancestors. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And make it turn it all around. Like, yeah, turn it all around. You know? you know, boss up. Like, show up. You know what I'm saying? Create a ripple in the pond. But don't sit there as an armchair. You could be out by night. Hold on. Skitty's niggas free um, one-way passes to leave. Like, you could be out by five. If it's a night thing, if you don't like being out at night with a million people, <laughs> we give you the digital dash. You could be out by five. We got the tickets, family. We got a bus going back after five. Like, if you don't want to, because you could be out there in the daylight. You shouldn't be afraid of nothing. One to five is the daylight. <laughs> Wait, one to seven is when the sun is out. Nothing is going to happen to you when the sun is out. Because there's a lot of scary people out there, and I, I think that, you know, yeah, because... Just got to be honest. Just got to be honest. You know, they have succeeded in the fear campaign with a few people out there. We just want to remind them that there's yeah, nothing I, to Yeah, fear. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't watch the news, but from what I've been hearing, you know, they, <laughs> from what they, I gather, they've been beating the drum. Yeah, from what I gather, there's a campaign, there's a campaign going on. So, kind of understand that. And, um... We did a video earlier with Brother Rich earlier in the summer, should I say, and we uh, expressed a level of, we asked questions that weren't being asked, you know what I'm saying? And as a reporter, my responsibility is to have a voice for the voiceless. You know what I'm saying? And to speak to certain things that other people can't. So as I'm in the streets, as I'm amongst the people, as I'm having conversations, even as, as I'm listening to other people's conversations, I'm overhearing what their inhibitions are in regards to this uh, upcoming event. 
you know what I'm saying, and the questions that they need answered, you feel me, before yeah. they participate because nobody wants to do anything blindly, even if it's marketed on the premise of, quote, unquote, mass unity, you know, and that should be enough. Because we always talking about, yo, son, we need to get together, and if we have the ability to do this, we'll do that. You feel me? And every time somebody's leaving a the festival, they're like, man, this is how it should be. You know what I'm saying? I just love it when I'm amongst my people. This is the, the illest field ever, you know? Well, if you know how I feel to go to Summer Jam, if you know how I feel just to be in the building with the people in the multitudes, before the shots go off, okay? If you remember that feeling, times that by a million, you get your magnetic ass out on the lawn. Oh, yeah. You know? One thing that comes to mind is the shit that took place in Mecca, right? With the 717 yes. people, right? Yes. You know? People who gathered oh. for an Islamic event, you know, in the name of God and Allah, right? And there was a situation that ended very uh, negative, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lot of casualties, yeah. tragically. Coincidentally, the same time that the Pope was over here, we could talk about that later. I have to. But I would say this. You know, the energies and frequencies that our people, you know, are coming with when we do gather, because we've gathered in festivities or festival-like environments where the numbers were very large. And one thing that I could testify and attribute to is the more the more people that they were that came through, the higher the frequencies. Afropunk, bam. African, you know what I'm saying? Like these gatherings. Now, the the thing on Saturday is different. It's a different. It's under a different premise and whatnot. But at the same time, I still know that uh, collectively, there's a power. Going back to the collective conscious, you know what I'm saying? Like we're protected when we are together collectively as Voltron. You know. If I got a trillion cells in my body and yes. each cell has its own brain. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that cell has millions of functions and parts and components and everything going on to it and all this spirit. Mm-hmm. You know? Then I'm walking in there with a legion myself, a trillion or more. Spirits, ancestors, warriors. You feel me? So now you're in the building. You ain't experienced this new, new yet. You can't say that you have. You know? This is a different field. It may be weaker. It may be stronger. But it's going to be different than any you've ever felt. So if you yourself got something to bring to the table, or if you yourself is in need of the presence of that form of energy to build yourself back to where you need to be to feel like divinity that you can 
deal with the situation mm-hmm. at hand, then you need to be in the building. Share with the family the science behind the gathering of our people, right, and the fact that we would utilize these events to charge up. We would utilize these events to make, to, 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 you know, commit the act of manifestation, right? Going back to the show that we did before we went on our break, the rise of the superconscious uh, community or the rise of the superconsciousness part two, we talk about the power of the collective thought and the power of not only collectively thinking, but applying those principles. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at uh, the gathering that we have coming up with the with the Million Man March and put it in comparison to what we used to do when we would gather for All-Star Weekend, we would gather for NBA All-Star Weekend, Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl. Then we would go. Like then then we would go to LA. Miami. No, then we yeah. Then we would go to LA for the Grammys weekend. Then we would right. come to Atlanta for the Source weekend. So, in the midst of all of go, these events, right? Then you in Vegas for Magic, right? Then we would go to Vegas to Magic, going on different grids, right? Amongst magical people, mind you, family. We're talking. Remember when you used to be in your bag? Remember you and your former self? Or remember you when you were in that underworld life, when you were manifesting things at a very, you you were, you were very uh, knee-deep in Mount Poof. In, in the material yeah. realm, you were manifesting things at will. Quick, right? Yeah. With the quickening. So quickening. when you would gather those, when you would, get, when you would collectively come together, right, and go to the club, Y'all listening to the mantras, get money, you know what I'm saying? Fuck up some commas, pop bottles, you know. People are not only listening to it, this is what they're actively doing in their lives. Like, they're pursuing it for real. Like, there's an active principle to all of that. So the visualization and the materialization and the manifestation of your highest thoughts and deeds were taking place at an, at an accelerated rate when we would gather in those. Because yeah. you was in a room with winners. You know what I'm saying? Great you winners. was in a room with yeah. winners. You was, you was amongst the upper echelon in terms of the spiritual pedigree in your presence. So even your spirit couldn't be slouching because even in the, in the astral spiritual realm, you should get adjusted around the, the main stairs, the players in the main stairs, like nigga, your board you is getting tweaked, right? Yeah, your bones getting tweaked, your soul getting cleansed, like this is baptizing you in the pool of spirits. Like, wake up, you amongst this the hierarchy, buddy. You better get your shit together, so you know people will leave out of there, dumb ambitious. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make one or two links for the night that can change your life. And it's on you to follow up. But you're going to make the link, especially if you're feeling a certain way about yourself. Even if you're feeling pitiful. I've seen dudes that had their worst nights that that was the night they made a come up. They done met the the, the mother of their child or, you know what I'm saying, they got a new plug or what have you. So 
just never know that all is being there, is being in the field to receive yes. all of that. Yes. So I want to do this, man. I want to go to the to the line. You oh, know what I'm saying? You already and, know. And our regular fashion, you know how we move things around, and um, we'll start you bringing already some of the legends. The furniture off, yeah, we we dusting the furniture off. You know, we all up in the new digs, so let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Let me go to uh, our caller from the four one zero five nine five. Caller for the four one zero. Peace, of my brother Rock. Cool, you in the building? Peace. Right, you there? Alright, he must have just got a client. We'll give it a second for him to come around. I shot him a text, so let's wait and see what he answers. You know what I mean? But um we're definitely gonna have some more people coming through but for now. What's good? Let's go with Phil. Going on with you. Spend a minute. Talk to the people. What'd you say? I said, what's going on with you? Look, man, I think we could do about four shows in its three hour entirety, just updating the family as to all of the things that we've been doing since we took the break. Now, if there's anybody out there that has been following us through social media, you know, we apologize, or rather than not saying apologize, you know, we want to extend, uh, yeah, we fuck it. We apologize for leaving or taking the break and not letting the family know, look, these are the networks that we'll be on while we're on our break because there's never, there's never really a break. You know, we never really take a break from what it is that we do because this is our life. This is really right. just us. Like, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is not, yo, let's put on our feathers. Yo, let's turn into the Hotep niggas. Let's go in the closet and transform into, you know, Hotep Hercules. No, like, this is a daily exercise. These are comrades that we're on the phone with, you know, people that we network with. These are not forced conversations. It's just it's, these are natural builds. You know, we're honored to be surrounded by so many people who are, you know, at the on 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 the forefront of an intellectual renaissance. You know what I'm saying? Of a of an intellectual war. Let's be. Are you there? The line went wave. You there? All right, his line dropped. He's going to call back in a second. In the meantime, in between time, let me go back and open up the line for my brother, for my bedroom then. All right, this is caller from the 410-595. Peace, Lord. Well, I got your line open, 410. I don't know if your audio is off. Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Hello? Yes, I can. Now. Okay, pardon me. I had Peace. the phone on mute, man. I'm sitting here That's juggling. 
Yeah, I'm juggling. The first time you called me, I was trying to get on. I was trying to get on, you know. Um, basically, man, I'm glad that we back up and kicking, man, you know. And um, I missed the show, you know. I needed that. You know, I needed you to take a hiatus to know what the full appreciation was, man. You know, a lot of people were coming at me asking, you know, I didn't give any reason because y'all hadn't given me one. So I just told them to be patient. Right. You're still alive. We'll be back, you know. So here it goes, and we're here doing it, you know. So I'm, still, I'm still doing the cosmophysics. You know, that's my religion. I'm not going nowhere with that. Know. You're already, but to put it in a better perspective, Cosmos, you know, like I was saying earlier, we never stop doing what it is that we do. We just say, you know what, family, we're going to go another medium. We're going to try another medium out in the meantime while we're restructuring things and see how it is. So we finally got a chance to do videos with our brother, uh, Cosmophysics. You know what I mean? Rob Cool. we finally was able to put together some wonderful visual presentations. The brother made his debut on um, Black Magic 363, which is UGR TV, Brother Rich's network. And it was it was widely received by thousands upon thousands of people as a work of art, you know what I'm saying, and true, masterful, uh, a display of true, masterful talent and skills. He was doing on-site readings, you know what I mean, at, at a 90%, 100% approval rate by the people you were reading. And then when we did the then we did something with Polita Sarnetta and that was you body that. That was a, a a masterful display of I would say godhood. You know what I mean? So in this realm that we exist in family, this digital realm, you know, this uh electrified age, there's yes. different components that we're gonna be utilizing in order to get our information and our message, you know, across to you. And one of the means, one of the means or mediums would be podcasts, but we definitely are ready to take it into another realm. We are definitely ready to take it into a whole new upgraded um, arena so you could really, really benefit off of what is taking place. And people are more visual Anyway, and it's Super a lot visual. more. Yeah, it's, you know, they, I mean, <laughs> listening and audio is fine, but they, it is something about the human uh, nature and a resonance when you can look and see at the same time, you know. It's just the same when you're talking to someone face-to-face and looking at them speak, you can hear them better, you know. <laughs> and it isn't because of proximity, but because of the visual assistance. So for that reason, a lot of people are more receptive to that, that visual medium, you know, it's like television. You know and what um, I use? I use the analogy of the Matrix. Let's keep in mind that when Neo was surfing on the dark web, because that's where he was on. Mm-hmm. He was on the dark web. He was on what you. He was on what became Silk Road later on down the line, where you people were on the underground, the dark web selling drugs. And things of that nature, keep in mind, he was moving at work on the dark web. And he heard Morpheus, and he heard Trinity's voice before he ever got the chance to physically meet them. Keep that in mind. You feel what I'm saying? One thing yeah, he was communicating the with them, too, yeah. He was communicating with them on the audio realm, on the, in the, through audio. 
right? The same way that the podcast represents on this blog talk platform with this information. It's audio first because our people are audio visual people, but you know we we you 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 got these signals through the audio first, then through the visual you actually get to meet Morpheus, Trinity, you know, and the rest of the gang. And it's a different yeah. experience. It's more intimate. It has more power to it. You know, you can show more. You can teach. Come on, like. Yeah, it is know. easier visually, I mean, to convey a message, you know. And um, I wasn't even... I hadn't even given it any thought how successful it would be. I didn't. I didn't even go there. I just was like, I'm just gonna drop this and let it go where it goes. And I didn't give it any more thought. And it only took like two or three days. That video just, you know, many people were receptive to it far than I even thought. Far more than I even thought. You know, so I already realized how that uh, that that visual medium is gonna pick this up and carry it much further. Something interesting happened this a uh, few weeks ago. I was um, following the movement of the Pope, right? Pope Ropadope. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that the, that the Pope was in Madison Square Garden commencing his masterful spell. And he came through and, uh, and, and um, initiated, for lack of a better word. Then it was like, yo, the maximum capacity inside of the Madison Square Garden uh, arena where the Pope was speaking was 18,000. So I was like, wait a minute. I, you know, I heard this before, but now they ver- they verified it again. I was like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the theater where people go to and you're considered to be standing in front of the world. Understand you know? that he made that speech on the day that Pluto came out of retrograde, Lord. Yes. There's a See, whole a, show. So there's a yeah. whole show being put together, and we 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 have to bring you in on it as well. There's a whole presentation, rather than just. I don't even think it'll be a regular blog talk show. You know, it's going to be a whole presentation. We may uh, launch um, the new project with this project on the Pope's grand ritual. That that has to be dissim- that has to be broken down piece by piece because yeah. it was very intricate. He went in. I mean, all the way in. This shit was on full fleet, right? Yeah. But I was like, 18,000, that's interesting, you know, because when you think about it, the numbers that the videos or the visuals are doing are in par. You know, they are averaging a medium of twenty five to 30,000, but we would just say, you know, fucking 18,000. That's the minimum that they may be doing. So the fact that you're able to have a conversation with an audience the size of Madison Square Garden, okay, on topics that are not being spoken of, you can go in your search engines and search until your fingers fall off. They're not giving it up like this in other places around the world. This is a huge world with all kind of markets and niches and all kind of stuff. And there's a, there's a small percentage in a niche of brothers and sisters globally on a global stage that are giving up information from a certain angle at a certain rate, right, with a certain kind of energy behind it, and they're all standing on the shoulders of a certain pantheon 
of master teachers, scholars, gods who walk this earth. And that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? So each video is like standing up in front of the garden. You've got to understand the age that we live in and the power that it holds and the fact that, you know, you're speaking to the, we're speaking to the world. Blue, I'm sure, and I'm sure, Cosmo, you can attest to it. There's, there's not a place that I could go to where the people are not showing me that this thing here that we call consciousness or black consciousness or Moorish consciousness or the conscious community is not the, it's, it's, it's the biggest wave. It's, it's here. Like, it is what it is. You know, Listen, it's I, I am. am. Like, all I was in Cali. I was in Cali in 2013 in the summer. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, it's quite naive of me, too. Right. But nonetheless, I made this observation while I was there. I was at the grocery store, and there was a, a woman in there with her daughter, white woman. Okay. And she had dreads and uh, piercings. Uh, I mean, you would think that she was doing the wigger things, you know, to w- want to be, you know, black. And But that's not what she was doing. So I heard her in the line talking to her daughter about the chemtrails and being conscious of what the government is doing to the people. And then it blew me because I thought we were the only ones doing that. Nah, so when you say, all. yeah. So when you utter, when you say that this conscious wave is like really wider than people, than, than the recognition is given it, I can attest to that by virtue of my own observation. Okay. Well, it's permeating and, uh, all I've communities. All yeah, all over Fact, the place. There are people of all nationalities, backgrounds, jobs, and careers, uh, tax brackets, education, IQ levels that are being exposed to the viral, the viral, both audio and visual, but the viral wave that's known as this consciousness. People are being inundated in it, and it doesn't matter about what background or culture. When your information is universal, right, and it's not, and, and, and it doesn't, um, you know, and it's true, it stands in truth. And it doesn't it has its found and it doesn't discriminate. It has a found. It's, it's void of ego, but its foundation, of course, is in the truth. Just the truth. We don't have to talk anything else but the truth. Then it, it, it will be. It will be. It will be accepted, like they accept Mastercard, right? Like American Express. It will be accepted worldwide, and that's what's taking place. It's not just the obvious, Lord. It's the um, constant, like you see it in Hollywood. You see how they're beating up the church and the media and on the television and the movies. That's not a result of atheism and ungodlyism manifesting. That that is a direct manifestation of godliness. People are waking up, you know. So and and it is so widespread. You know, you see these cartoons that they got out now. You know, oh, you my goodness. Go and all of these metaphysical motifs. I'm going all the way in. Yeah. So they got fezzes, pentagrams, uh, uh, magic wands, magic yeah, carpets. Yeah, all that. So all they're doing is preparing, 
They're preparing the generation that are actually actively and enthusiastically watching that to to be open and open, uh, um, like receptive to it when they get to be around in their twenties or thirties. But and this fact, is how they do it. And, and the only the only thing that's missing from that whole equation, because the picture that's being painted, you know what? At the end of the day, I can respect that. People will be like, oh, they're doing all of this magic on Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel. They got witches and all of this other stuff. I could respect it only if we agree as melanated warlocks, shamans, uh, wizards, and other people who subscribe to, like, Afrofuturism or Afro-surrealism, where you now can create your own cartoons or your own teenage um, targeted shows, right? The same way that Disney is doing it, you put melanated uh, a melanated cast together, and you tell the story from your standpoint or you're from your perspective, because they're priming the children to show them that yo, magic can be accepted, the power of the unseen, the power of the ancestors, like. All of that is a go with these crystals and these indigos that's coming in right now. They're not trying to talk about, they're dealing with ancient future facts. Like they're, they're merging the two. If you didn't know by now, they're on a digital, they on a digital swag. So if they tapping into the digital by proxy, they're tapping in, into the spiritual, the unseen, the realm of the unseen, the realm of light. So our job as creators, right? The, 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 the older, you know, the OGs and whatnot, we have to create art or we have to create, you know, um, the image to think, put into the mind subconsciously. Facts. The same comparison with their inundating facts. Because they're inundating them with Harry Potter and, and the image of, of magicians, the image of people possessing magic. It's okay to be magical. It's okay to be mystical. It's okay to be involved in all. This is the shit that puts niggas in these lodges or become Greeks and whatnot. It's okay to be, you know, magical in a Judeo-Christian society if you're European. But if you attempt to do that in this society post-Inquisition, post-Crusades, post all of that Judeo-Christian and even Islamic tabooism to take place, then you, you just voodoo, you shit evil, you know what I mean? You're dealing with the demons. You should burn these people, you know, chase them out of, you know what I mean? Like, it becomes a problem. So we have to, it's imperative that we reverse that. We have to reverse engineer that image. You got to show the black goddess. I concur with that, Lord. Let me me lay something Mm -hmm. down on top of that for you, okay? The reason why it's okay to be white and do it, not okay to be black and do it, because they're doing with the metaphysics what they did with Christianity, if you if if you really understand, you know the 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 entire Christian religion and every character in the Bible is an Egyptian god converted and given a Hebrew name. Okay, understanding that, they're trying to de-Africanize the cultivational system, and in the process of doing so, they they got the church, they got everybody on the planet, damn near believing that Jesus had blue eyes, blonde hair, spoke Italian. All right, <laughs> now they they're going after the priesthood, the the metaphysicians, and they, it's all about whitewashing. Each and everything. 
All of it. Yeah, it bleaching everything. So they they realize that metaphysics in the age of Aquarius is going to boom. Because the collective consciousness is moving that way. They just want to be able to control it and keep it in their hands. And naturally, they don't want a, 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 a melanite advocating it because we got the real antennas and, and, and the real fiber optics to receive it. Antennas. Right. And, Afro right, and 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 the fiber optic, the me, the melanin cell, and they should right. the They should be. They at yeah. least they're smart enough to realize that you know that they that they are outnumbered terribly, and and that is the whole reason for this entire thing. You know the the regulation of the population through oppression and systematic uh, or genocide. The de-education and mi- or miseducation and or however you want to do it, and tearing down the schools and uh, bolstering up areas where where they reside and 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 letting our areas go into dilapidation is all about their fear or rise of a black planet, like Chuck said. You know they don't want it. They don't want to see it like it used to be. Right. You know? It's all about, like, you know, I want people to, especially, I know there's a lot of people out there that are conscious, but there are still people that are brand new to this, and they're not totally conscious of the facts. So I want them to contemplate this, all right? All the literature, all the science that we learn in these schools in the West, all right, and all of the medicine, all of the that which was derived from alchemy and astrology, psychology, psychiatry, uh, these, these these sciences are all pure derivatives of astrology and metaphysical science, right? They these things were all encoded into Latin after they ran the Moors out of out of Europe, and to show that it is the church. Because the Jesuits controlled the academia, academia for the Western world for the, you know for a couple hundred years, so they're the ones who, after the Moors were expelled, went around collecting all of the scientific books, all of the medical books, all of the metaphysical books, and they translated them all Back. into Latin, and they Back. burned them all to be able to claim that knowledge. Then they went out with what they call at the Inquisition. To right. wipe out whatever remnants of any knowledge of that knowledge that they the had taken and stored up in those monasteries were. Right. And we know that it was the church because it's all in Latin, and that's their language. Basically, there you have it. Yeah. You have it. Yeah, that has to be reenacted, animated, uh, pixelated, and shown... To our people, in all ways, me, the way that they in, in every way. Me, you know, let me share this said, with you, though. By all means, right. You know, for the entirety of the summer, I kept getting phone calls from people, and you know, they listen to the show or they seen us on the on the on the YouTube's or what have you. So they call and they get to telling me about you know. You know about the secrets that they got in the Vatican, right? They hiding our shit. You know they got the secrets in the Vatican. So my question to them is like, out of the million things that's available for you to learn and to know about and these secrets that have been unsecreted 
You know what I'm saying? You think the Vatican just got that very one secret that niggas ain't going to be able to do nothing until they get that secret from the Vatican. I'm like, come on. Yeah, they got to yeah, realize. Yeah, they got a lot of secrets, um, but we yeah, got a lot to work last, with Let me show well. you how the church is trying to keep up with the conscious community. Okay. Uh, 2013, the Pope uh, ushered uh, uh, an explanation of the metaphor of hell. Okay. I mean, 2,115 years of the church. Yeah, y'all, the calendar we use is the Roman Catholic Church, right? Calendar, really, all right? <laughs> uh, 2,115 years of telling a preacher fire, brimstone and fire, and in 2013, they come out their bag and it's just a metaphor. Why? Because the conscious people on this planet are growing. And they are getting so widespread that the church can no longer operate without acknowledging the argument. Yeah, it can't be avoided. You know That's what right. It's a, what do you call that? A force yeah. to be reckoned with now. A force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And because of social you know, we are media, no longer, you know, the world uh, got a lot smaller. We are no longer yeah. in the basements and building on the corners. We everywhere now, on TV everywhere. We we in every single what you want to call race or, or strain of melanin? <laughs> we are in every closet, in every uh, under every rug, and behind every chalkboard, man, ready to come out. You know. Hello. So, what are your thoughts on DC, Lord? Like, how you feel about that? Um, Do you have a cosmological reading on that day? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's the tenth, right, of uh, October. Yes, sir. No, 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 no. Hold on, no. The, the event we're talking about is the tenth, okay? And um, I didn't really look at that yet, but I intend on being there. I'm I'm going, you know. I'm only like what uh, thirty nine miles from there right now, so I'll be there. My thoughts on it are um, when I look at the tenth. Wow, we got a cluster of, of um, planets in Virgo here. Virgo points to work, all right, the work that needs to be done. And uh, on the 10th, we got Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and the moon in Virgo. So, you know, Venus deals with finances, economy. It also points to morality, right? Mars points to action, initiation, putting things into effect, all right? And Jupiter deals with expansion, reaping benefits. The moon has everything to do with the domestics uh, and the connection to your people that you have on a... Uh, like a, a homie level, like your homies and things of this nature, right? So uh, a familial type of feel. So it's about um, initiating new economic action for our people. Hopefully, that's what the you know that's what the the elaboration and dissertation will entail. We also have the North Node conjunct Mercury and and the Sun in Libra, and with this recent. The uh, uh, slew uh, or tetrad of, of moons occurring in Libra and Aries, most definitely the violence that has been taking place through by way of the police and the injustice as a result of those police not being properly processed in the, under the law for justice is going to come to the fore. All right. Um, all of this opposes Neptune, so I hope is that there, that this chart is pointing to. Um, you know, how the deception is going to lift the veil, basically. You know, I hope that it's used for that as as well as the drive to raise funds, 
You know, that's all these million man marches are, you know, outside of what is being said on a conscious tip. It's all about collecting right. money. You see more of that than anything else. I mean, that's what my thoughts on it are. <laughs> you know, I want to be there because, one, it's a historic, momentous occasion, opportunity to teach a network on a national level all in one place. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's lovely to be there. And, it, you know, we look at pictures of the march on Washington that they did back in the 60s. We look and we see the snippets and clippets of, of our history, and we wonder what it's going to be like. We'll be there. Go there. You know, participate, and you'll have that memory. You can, you'll have something to tell later generations. You will make an actual corporeal contribution to this cause. I'm really, like, putting it lightly. There's so much I wanted to get into, um, <laughs> you know, the, with this uh, with this Tetrad thing here. You know, when it started, we elaborated on, on, on how the police was all involved and how there would be killings in schools and things of this nature. And all of that has come to the fore, all of it, without um, – and in sequence, too. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that – I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, we can get into that a little bit because people need to really see what's going on. And, you know, the way it's been sensationalized as these four blood moons, like they're the only blood moons that occur uh, uh, in this era. Let me tell you something. Every single uh, uh, lunar eclipse is a blood moon, and there's at least four or five of them every year. They just don't happen in Aries and Libra. Okay, like that. It's a, it's a periodic thing. And it's a readjustment and alignment dealing with the enforcement of law in whatever country, as well as the justice that should be meted out for the misappropriation of it. I mean, this is where one theme and motif that Aries and Libra point to all by themselves. If you look beyond the violence and the upsetting uh, I mean, you know, the physically horrifying news, you, you'll find that the divorce rates went up in the last two years. And Libra is the sign of marriage. Aries is the sign of singlehood. So you, you see a lot of uh, um, action going on in, collect, in the collective community, collective population, and with regards to marriage and, and being single, sudden breakups and things of this nature. Um, with Oranos and Aries sitting there, you, you, a lot of the technology that they have for the war is going to come out, you know, right after these eclipses, just waiting until this next year coming. We're at the end of this uh, uh, 2015 year, 2016, right, around, right after Christmas, you're going to see it happen. It's going to be obvious. You know, basically, uh, the Pope uh, made his move. Understand, y'all, that Pluto is the sign of coercion when it's negative, forcing somebody to do something on, 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 a, on a wicked, on an iniquitous tip. But um, when you look at it without the morality, the, the good or bad, right or wrong, it becomes persuasion. And it is during Pluto motion that the, uh, every human being has access to that power of persuasion frequency that that planet emits the most. Okay, uh, rituals that, that deal with transform, transforming self, mind, or substance have everything to do with uh, uh, 
being done in time with the position of Pluto on an angle. You see? So uh, people who know about ritual magic will understand what I'm talking about. Okay, when when planets are in certain places, those portals are open and more energy is available to be tapped for specific things, depending on what that planet emits. So uh, this cat comes out the day that Pluto goes retrograde in the sign of Capricorn, which is, which deals with building or deconstruction and deconstruction. Okay, so you can believe they're reconstructing their whole paradigm. If, you know, if you look at it from the outside collectively, you know, and that, and that takes some effort because it's not about just looking at what the Pope said this year and, and thinking that you're going to see what their agenda is. You have to go back to the 60s and see what kind of public announcements they make every single year over and over and over. And then once you see that pattern starts to reveal itself, the church is going conscious. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but they're modifying their doctrine because of the widespread uh, uh, awakening of the people. Yeah. And I think, the you know, and not just yeah. in this country. Pardon? The proliferation of information, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. say that earlier. There's nothing unique about information coming to a particular community anymore. Like, it's readily available. Everybody yeah. got it. So all you gotta do is look on you know. the internet, man. It's right there. <laughs> you know, I mean, the really, really juicy, good secrets that we that we use in cosmophysics or me- any metaphysical school, you may very well not find on the internet. But reference to it will be made, <laughs> and information needed to wake the people up to the point where they can start growing on their own isn't required to. To, to get fully all the way to the to the to the level you know like the the higher degrees of any school is it, it, it is just required that they understand that they've been taught wrong and that the right direction the right information is over there and they'll go get it you know and um I can tell you just I met you guys about two years ago all right and looking back at you know. The, the media, the social media, and the attendance at the lectures and all of this stuff here, it should be evident to everyone that this is a growing uh, um, operation, that this movement is swelling. Indeed. That's without, that's without a doubt, you know what I'm saying? Definitely you know, the time will come. That's You know, that's what they were trying to do when they built this country, you know. the the What it was is the the church had... They done the Inquisition, and they saw that. And uh, the church had a hold on the monarchy. They they saw that, so they were like, "We want to start a country where people can engage in whatever type of activity they want, as long as they harm no one." So they really wanted metaphysics to bloom. the The, the whole concept of the age of Aquarius is America. The United States right. of America, like people, are like what do you mean by that? And I'm, what I'm saying is, they yeah, the, the age of Aquarius marks a conscious movement where man collectively moves towards a universal brotherhood, where freedom and um, autocracy over the fellow man is done away with. Okay, even to the point where they're trying to usher it in by forcing other governments to adopt Aquarian-style government, in other words, democratic right. process, 
okay? Right. And the yeah, and they started this country with that intent to be able to come over here and have the independence and Aquarius thing for all the people to be free and Aquarius thing for every citizen to be a sovereign. That's an Aquarius thing because this opposes opposes mathematically and opposes in in, in terms of principles the 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 monarchy. The kingship. And Leo, the sign of kings, opposes Aquarius, the sign of the people. You know, the sign of the nation as a whole. The king embodies the nation in his own, uh, uh, he represents the nation in himself, and the nation as a body represent themselves. And this uh, dichotomy is pointed to astrologically by Aquarius and Leo. The entire fiasco was that so that all of them could come over here and live to be kings where this land was established this country was established so that anyone can come here build an empire and live like a king within the confines of their own home you know but understand the laws it's, it, it's really not that raw because we lost the revolutionary war you know, and proof of that is is the Treaty of 1781, where the United States government took the debt from the King of England, and that debt has been in effect ever since. It was compounded in the Civil War, so you know, uh, uh, the roads belong to the king in this country. You know, so we have the right to live like a king in our house. They, you know, we have the, our property, but once you put your ass out on that highway, the king's men are coming for you, because that's who the police are. You know, they work for the king, or the, or the royal, or the throne, let's put it that way, since there's a queen over there right now. But all the tickets that we pay, all, all of the fines that we pay up in that maritime court belong to, the, belong to the crown. So that being the case, we see how that dynamic is coming into play. I don't think ever that they will uh, that, this, that this country, as it presently is being run under the present people that run it, will ever escape that uh, that debt with England. So we will constantly have that Aquarian Leo dichotomy between both of these two countries here, too, right? And that being, you know, the fact that we live here is it's paramount, it's tantamount that we become aware not only of ourselves as spiritual people and as metaphysical practitioners of the, with the ability to, you know, draw on that energy, but it is important to know on, a, on the layman's level, on the corporal level, on the worldly level, what laws are in effect and how we can use those to our advantage as well. You know, that's highly important, man. You know, and the fact that, uh, you know, Aquarius deals with rights and human rights, and this being the age of Aquarius and all of these human rights issues popping up over the last 500 years or so, it gives all credence and veracity to to the symbolism that it you know that it's trying to convey. And that's basically all I want to put forth till you feed my head something else to spit on. I think that's a perfect segue to our next our next guest. Um, this brother here, he's been on the program before, okay? He's been featured on KTL Radio. This is our brother, Dr. Ali Muhammad from the Revolutionary Black Panther Party, okay? The brother's definitely going to be present in the building in D.C., so I want to open up his line, chop it up with the family about 
what they have planned for this upcoming weekend. Call it from the 202-600. Peace. Power, Black Power. Peace. Uh, how you doing, brother? Peace, Lord. Uh, how are you all All tonight? is well, my good brother. All is well. Good, 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 good. Just got to catch a air of some of the good things my brother was saying. Um, very good words I'm sharing with the family. Very, very good. Uh, well, I first so. like to start. Go, go ahead, brother. You were going to say something? Uh, please continue. Okay, very good. Well, I first like to start um, by you know, giving the greetings to the listening audience, black power, peace, love, and all manners of black love and black laws for everybody. Uh, the Revolutionary Black Panther Party, uh, what we will be doing in the D.C. area is going to actually be on October the 9th at 11 a.m. at Gravity Point Park. Uh, the address is George Washington Parkway, Arlington, Virginia. Um, if you need to zip, because I'm a GPS, it is 22202. That's at Gravity Point Park, 11 a.m. on October the 9th. What this is, it is an armed black people's march for black human rights. So what we're doing is that we're changing the tone. Uh, traditionally, the struggle for black rights have always been held in a civil paradigm. And what this has done is domesticated the struggle for black rights to a U.S. domestication. So from the plantation up until now, for example, on the plantation, all we knew is that we wanted to be free. And then this uh, purported freedom became, quote, unquote, legalized uh, with the passage of the 1866 Black Civil Rights Act that brought in reconstruction. However, that brought in the amendments that came along with that, the 14th Amendment, and then, of course, you had the 13th Amendment. And we know what that was all about, too, because a little bit prior to that, you had the Dred Scott decision where uh, Supreme Court Justice Taney, see, some people like to, you know, there's a cliche thing in the revolutionary community and, and the, and the knowledge of self-community and the black conscious community and black history, our story, your story, and black knowledge 101, the old cliche phrase, well, according to the Gretz Scott decision, Dredge Scott, you know, it said that a black man has no rights that a white man ought to respect. We know, we know that like verbatim. But what we don't know is what the crackers actually said in fullness. They said that if, if you recognize this nigga's rights, if you recognize that he had any right, that it would give all of them a right to carry arms. We left that part out. So we don't even know the value of that. State to state, city to city, wherever there was a plantation, the laws existed in these states and cities that disarmed us. It said that we were not allowed to be armed. It said slaves are not allowed to be armed. That some of us try to hide behind other things, but Virginia had a law that said no slave, no mulatto, and no more, it said. M-O-O-R, no more shall carry arms. So it, so it hit every head. There was no way to get around it. And that was the law thereof. So what happened is that when they gave the 1866 civil rights, because Dred Scott decision did a whole number, it, it was supposed to set the tone finally on the place of what, what we know as black people and the hells of North America. So, and I ain't talking about no federal directive number 15 stuff or none of that stuff. So I mean, that's another topic. I ain't even trying to get into that right now. They're talking about um, us as a people. 
So here's the situation now. So then when they came with the black codes, the first thing they did, state to state, city to city, they even had articles, the Atlanta, the Atlanta Journal, 1906 and 1908, says disarm the Negroes, take away all their guns. They said to disarm us. That was a part of the enslavement because they said only slaves were disarmed. And so we went through the only thing we knew. We fought as best as we thought we could fight, and we fought for civil rights. We got beaten with nightsticks and and bricks and bottles and water water cannons, actually, so powerful that it ripped the hair out of our scalps and gave some of us whiplash and vicious two-legged dogs. As you know, the story goes, Markham so eloquently um, basically talked about that. Vicious two-legged dogs, sick um, four-legged dogs, sicked on us by two-legged dogs, sicked on us and biting off the fingers of our babies, biting us in the, for the black woman, the breast, the reproductive organ of the black man, and the neck and the ears. These are some, some parts of the stories that we don't even know. And killing us and lynching us and burning us and kidnapping us and all of these things because we was unarmed. But as soon as we armed ourselves, the goddamn tone changed. All the white terrorist groups, the Klan and the Citizens Council, and all of those crackers sat their behinds down. But we saw the level how it changed, though, because it's interesting, huh? So the, the so-called vigilante terrorist crackers stopped. They stopped coming out there because we had guns now. They're like, we're not messing with those niggas now. However, who carried on and exacerbated the torch? The FBI were calling terror pro, CIA were MH chaos, the U.S. military operation guard and plot, then they start dealing with it. So we already know what those elements represented in the first goddamn place. That was their proxy. That was the CIA, FBI, MH, chaos. I mean, the CIA, FBI, military proxies was those crackers out there because it was Andrew Johnson who was the first, after Lincoln, old stinking Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. He was the first to actually militarize the Confederate um, soldiers who um, – as an organized body in the Ku Klux Klan. Andrew Johnson financed them and made sure that um, white people who were upset with the progress of black people, because, hey, you got to be just not, not Andrew to Jackson, be long you mean, or Andrew Johnson? I'm sorry, Andrew Johnson, President Andrew Johnson, Lincoln's replacement. Thanks for the correction. Yeah, President okay. Andrew Johnson. Yeah, Andrew Johnson, uh, what happened is that um, – he was the first to gather these elements up, over-militarize them, finance white people who was disgruntled or former plantation owners, and made sure that they would keep, as he wrote, the nigga in check. He took the land back from um, Sherman's field orders that was given to us and all of that stuff, and even that wasn't enough. But he took that back, and, he, and they went on a tirade systematically. So what are we talking about now? When we armed ourselves black civil rights. That's when serious progress was made and as best we understood it. However, we were still held in the domestic paradigm of the United States of America. We must ask ourselves a question. I don't mean civilian and I don't mean civilized. Are we a civil or are we a human? We are humans. So we have human rights and human rights trumps any, any state or individual's Sovereign right. It actually does. The reason why it does is because as a human right, your sovereign right is not supposed to infringe on my human right. 
So that's the context of human rights. That's the context of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights also. And according to international law, the Caroline Doctrine, UN Article 51, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, we have a human right to bear arms. We have a human right to secure and defend ourselves. We have a human right not to be arbitrarily arrested, arbitrarily detained, and we even have a human right. Like how you have some people who tell you go give them $1,500, $500, for ain't knocking nobody. If that's what you're doing to hustle, do what you do. Just don't try to, to misuse and abuse our people. But you have somebody pay $1,500 for some card, they go and laminate at the local library and tell them that you're a sovereign now. You don't have to go through all that to be a sovereign. According to international law, you have a human right to just declare yourself as a sovereign, and that's the Montevideo Doctrine, which actually states, according to the Montevideo Treaties, that as long as you declare yourself, then you are recognized as a sovereign, and that no one can defend you, and you don't need, you don't need recognition from nobody to specify that you are a sovereign. As a matter of fact, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights says it too, that every human being has a right to a nationality and has a right to their own nationality and that no one can take that away from them. So the itinerary for us, the All Black People's March for Human Rights, Self-Defense, and Value of Black Life, Washington, D.C. vicinity, if black lives matter, then defend it. We have a people's plan of action, and I'm going to briefly read some of that, and I'm going to, of course, at that point, um, respectfully speaking, you know, return um, the floor um, back over to you, dear brother. Uh, the people's plan of action, what is our plan of action? Well, number one, going to the top. Let me get to the plan of action. <laughs> our plan of action, dealing with black human rights. Getting there, getting there. Okay, here we go. Okay, so we have, number one, the People's Plan of Action and our objectives. To sustain and assure that black life matters is valuable and is worth living. Two, to secure and demonstrate a human right to self-defense. Three, to sustain and assure, to sustain, assure, and proclaim people's human right to security against ethnic cleansing, racism, extermination, arbitrary arrest, and all crimes against humanity. Four, to end state-approved genocide and ethnic cleansing by agents of the state, a.k.a. law enforcement or police, whatever term used in the United States of America. Five, to end the 28-hour cycle of black extermination and state-sponsored terrorism via the state-sponsored terrorists and agents and organizations dubbed as law enforcement, police, cops, investigators, intelligence, and military. Six, to end the assault to the reputation of millions of black men and women by criminalized status that they have and the, in, the how, as they are inhumanely given the title felon, to remove this and render their human rights as human beings who, according to the laws pertaining to human rights and natural law, they have a right to their reputation not being infringed. So to remove that insult and, and assault to their reputation because we have a right to secure and defend ourselves even in that level. And you cannot secure and defend yourselves with a status which is inhumane because you cannot own a gun to do so. Number seven, uh, dealing with uh, point number six, in the continuation of number seven, dealing that we have, we not only have a right to, to carry, but we have a right 
to secure our families, our people, our property, and even that is to not be um, infringed upon. Number eight, know that you have a human right to defend yourself against anyone who unlawfully comes to take your life, your loved ones, or members of your community, or anyone who attempts to put your life in imminent danger. You have a human right to use fatal force, a human right to do so. Number nine, educate the black community on their human rights to secure and defend themselves. And wherever reflective constitutional rights that exist to bear arms, reflecting human rights, we can understand and utilize, but we're dealing with human rights. If you are a human being, you have a right to arm, arm self-defense, arm self-defense. A right is not a privilege. A right is not a choice. It's a part of your existence. You're born with your rights. Number 10, to educate black people for their human rights, to restore their understanding of what it means to be a human being, and to, and to actually teach, train, and legally arm and provide safety training to all black homes by the end of 2016. Number 11, to end any human rights violation or any restrictions of firearm ownership, to end gun restrictions in New York, Washington, D.C., New Jersey, all other cities, counties, boroughs, states, and protectorates, all human beings have a right to arm, secure, and to defend themselves. And it is also reflective in the U.S. domestic Second Amendment Constitution. Number 12, to provide both an open carry law in all states and a concealed carry law in each state to end the criminalization, disenfranchisement of all black people, to end the crime against humanity, ethnic cleansing, genocidal racial profiling, white racism, and violent crime and terrorism against black people in the black community. Last but not least, number 13, to provide self-defense, security, and a safe environment for all black people to live in, and to provide equal rights for all black people, which include but is not limited to the natural human right, again, to arm self-defense, to protect and preserve your black life. If it matters, then goddammit, defend it. That is the context. We have a natural right to self-defense. So, again, it's going to be... Friday, October the 9th, 2015, at Gravelly Point Park, 11 a.m., address George Washington Parkway, Arlington, Virginia, on the banks of the Potomac River. If you have any questions, feel free to contact General Shabazz. You can reach her at area code 562-419-2991. That's area code 562-419-2991. You can also go, well, actually, our website doesn't have, we actually have a website that we had up earlier. We had some issues. It'll be back up in about no more than an hour and a half. Um, Check in to our Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash the Revolutionary Black Panther Party. Also, forward slash the Revolutionary Black Panther Party in L.A. And you could actually check our website at www.therevolutionaryblackpantherparty.org. That's www dot the revolutionary black panther party dot org and you can check that um, for further updates on the actual official website 
for the armed march for black human rights. Uh, in closing, our position is this, to secure and bring forward the black armed human rights movement. We are now the official authors of the black armed human rights movement. We only know of a civil rights movement. So we're changing the tone. Nowhere in the world has there ever been an armed human rights march. Nowhere in the world has there ever been an armed human rights movement. So we are setting the tone of the armed human rights movement, the black armed human rights movement. Um, What's going on at Gravelly Park is just the beginning because a, a march or a gathering is just for a day. But what we're asking for you to do when we come to your city, because, see, not only are we doing this, remember back in the day they had freedom rides. So we have, we're having all freedom rides. You ain't going to burn our buses. You ain't going to beat us in the head with rocks and sticks and we come out because in self-defense we will kill you for doing that. Um, so we're asking everybody to please join us nationwide as we go city to city, state to state, where, they, where people's tribunals for criminal prosecution of all people who have committed genocide and ethnic cleansing and human rights violations and crimes against humanity, against black people, for restitution and overall reparations for the black African Holocaust and to fulfill our own lands, nation-state development, and overall advancement of our people. So we ask that you join us for that as we go heavy and extensively um, into this. And again, I know for some of our ears, they're like, what is all this? Human rights and all this stuff. But one thing we got to understand, last but not least, is the, is the theme that Malcolm left us on. We forgot that. And we subordinated anything that we do with rights to a dream. We can't disrespect the people who say, hands up, don't shoot, because they follow in a dream that said to be nonviolent and get, and don't, I'm not trying to be vulgar, but please forgive me, but be nonviolent and get your ass whooped. So what do you expect for them to do but say, hands up and don't shoot? So it's our duty to train them right. Not no hands up and no goddamn shoot. That I come out here, I'm not harming nobody. I have a human right to be out here. But if you threaten my life, and do, I don't, even if you unlawfully shoot a tear gas canister at me, in self-defense, I'm going to throw it back at you behind because that's a crime against humanity. They don't use tear gas over They said they couldn't use that in Iraq, in Iran, I mean in Iraq, in Afghanistan against the protesters. All members of the Revolutionary Black Panther Party who's actually served and have, been, and have actually, some people here, have done two and three tours, two and three tours. All people who have done that, they know what the instructions were to not tear gas the protesters in Iraq and Afghanistan, but you could tear gas black protesters in Ferguson and black protesters in Baltimore. You could commit those crimes against humanity. No, if you throw one of them cans at me, I throw it back at you behind. And if you shoot me with a goddamn rubber bullet, that can still kill me. I'm going to shoot you in self-defense with a real one if you are unlawfully doing it. I'm not saying for people that have lawful orders that they do. And as long as they're not infringing on our human rights. So we're not talking about no criminal activity. We don't believe in terrorism or extremism or subversive or any type of subversive activity. We're actually anti-terrorist and anti-extremist because we are victims of the worst terrorist and extremist attacks in history, the black African Holocaust. Before I hand it to you, brother, I just briefly for one minute want to um, actually share something. I mean, a hard Molly Gelsha bath with the order, just quickly, very quickly. Okay, Malcolm, where is Malcolm? There we go. What is the in America? Malcolm, what is your purpose here? 
Well, my purpose here is to remind the uh, African heads of the state that there are 22 million of us in America who are also of African descent, and to remind them also that we are the victims of uh, America's colonialism or American imperialism, and that our problem is not an American problem, it's a human problem. It's not a Negro problem, it's a problem of humanity. It's not a problem of civil rights, but a problem of human rights. And what do you hope for from this conference? Well, we hope to uh, bring pressure upon them, or rather we hope to impress upon them the importance of their bringing pressure and world opinion upon the United States to take some meaningful effort to solve our problem in America. We want them to help us get our problem before the United Nations and charge America with violating our human rights in the same way that South Africa is charged with violating the human rights of our people in that area. And what uh, sort of reaction have you been getting from the African leaders? Well, I've gotten a good reaction, a very sympathetic reaction, and an understanding reaction. Many of them have been misinformed by the American government into thinking that uh, black people in America don't identify with Africa, and therefore they've restrained themselves from voicing uh, their interest in our problem. I've, I've impressed upon them that our problem is their problem as well as their problem to our problem. Black power, black power. Okay. <laughs> um, the floor is returned to you, my brother. I, I know I've said a lot. It's long-winded tonight, but there's a lot of things on no, my no. mind and on my heart. You did everything that you were supposed to do in spirit, you know what I'm saying, and we receive it. What I do want you to do as well, very briefly, I want you to give the family a rundown of the services that you provide in your area, your district, you know what I'm saying, Absolutely, absolutely. With, with the Revolutionary Black Panther Party, the services we provide at all our fully operational chapters, we provide free schooling to all black children in the community, uh, which which goes under the actual ministry of our minister of, our ministry of education on the local level, which is governed by the national level. So, briefly breaking that down, the minister the ministry of education is one of the most important ministries in the party. Why is that? Because see. African children learn differently from European children. That's been proven empirically across the board, from black, white, red, and yellow scientists that go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s, and even today, um, quickly stating that, um, according to the empirical data, across the board of scientists coming from neurology. Uh, I myself, of course, as everybody knows, I'm a neurologist. I'm a doctor in neurology, medical doctor in that context. But here's the, the situation and circumstances, though, neurology. Uh, sports medicine, psychology, um, and various sciences have proven that the African child at age two does what the white child is doing at age five and six. However, the African child learns by observation and participation, and and at the age two, which their best learning time. This is no. This is what's called their investigatory observation time, where they're investigating and observing. The crackers have taught us that it's called the terrible twos, but it's never been that for the African because that's the best time for the child to learn. At age two, it's been empirically proven. The African child is ready to learn languages, colors, numbers, mathematics, anything you're ready to give them. This is why they're everywhere at age two. They're in the drawers. They're under the bed. They're in the sink. They're everywhere they could be because they're ready to learn. We let the Eurocentric paradigm destroy our understanding of that and call it terrible when as an African, it's actually the great twos, but moving right along. So our curriculum is based on uh, what I develop, 
with the National Ministry of Education, who has a doctorate in education, and she also has a master's in um, child um, psychology. Um, but getting back to the point, though. So this curriculum is known as the Black African Educare System or the Ali Educare System, and it's based on the African learning paradigm, uh, starting at age two with the African child, starting regular school at age two, going into 12th grade. So all our fully operational chapters offer this beautiful, great curriculum and school to the community for free, not for no $2, $3, $4, or a few million dollars. Educate the people for free. Um, the other services that we offer to the community, all our fully operational chapters have a, a daily, talking about actually Sunday through Saturday, free breakfast, free dinner, and free lunch program, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. breakfast, 12.30 to 2.30 p.m., lunch and four thirty to seven thirty PM dinner. That that is um consistently. We also offer free self defense and combative training to the community. Um there's a self defense system, combative system that I created called Kafika Yakili Tutakinga. That's the long title. The short title is Tutakinga and Kiswahili it means Pan African self defense. It's a black special forces self defense system that I created. What does it deal with? Well our science. Because too often we get involved in some things. I, my, I myself have learned on various combative systems, third-degree black belt and Shonryu Karate, uh, five years Western boxing, uh, five years Muay Thai kickboxing, um, six years Dembe West African boxing, um, Nuba, um, Nuba wrestling, Suri stick fighting, you name it. Um, if I could have gotten a hold of it, I've done it, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, et cetera, et cetera. But getting back to the point, and, of course, firearms instructor, rifle, pistol, shotgun, uh, uh, reload. Everybody always say, you're talking about getting guns. We, we, don't, we don't make no bullets. Well, damn it, I'm just going to say what I could lawfully say out my mouth on this station is this. I mean, I can say anything I really goddamn want as a human being, but I'm just saying to keep it um, cordial. Is this. I am a reloader, which means that any empty shell, I can reload it and, for the most part, reload. In essence, layperson term, make my own goddamn shells and teach other people how to do that. So never give that argument about what we don't make. We can actually reload shells. So we ain't got to worry about nothing. So, but getting to the So, providing. Providing. Thank you, brother. Providing great, beautiful services to the community, the combatants. What is it? Based on our science, quickly. Karate was developed for the, the poor farmers in Okinawa. And as the shoguns sent hit squads out there to steal their stuff and all of that, they took their tools that they used to farm with the nunchuckers was used to beat rice and the, the staff and the sticks to use for those fields. And the kama was a sickle that they used to graze and do all their, their good stuff with. They took it and made tools to defend themselves out of. And then they had empty-handed punching kicks they added to it. But then when the damn samurais came with all that armor, you couldn't punch or kick that, and most of their weapons couldn't do anything with it. So they transitioned their combatants to judo, where they could put them in a lock, throw them to the ground, uh, kill them, break their neck, whatever they had to do to, um, to actually destabilize them. Then judo, of course, transitioned to jiu-jitsu, et cetera, et cetera. Muay Thai comes from Muay Boran, which, which was actually a battle combative on the horse with a sword where you went to war 
Western boxing was a sport system with butt naked crackers just boxing for no goddamn reason in Greece and and also wrestling butt naked and not trying to get in that sick stuff until penetration. Sick bastards. Brazilian jiu jitsu is nothing more than a Brazilian version of actual um, judo because Brazilian jiu jitsu is really judo. That's really what it is. Uh, but it's just more of the ground grappling aspect of it. Um, getting back to um, all the other stuff. So all of them was based, just, for, just to summarize, all of these were based on a particular science and the people's struggle. Well, today we ain't facing no damn samurais with swords. We ain't doing no butt-naked wrestling or butt-naked boxing. I mean, some people may do it, but I'm not into that. Um, we're not doing any of those things. We're facing vicious criminals with guns. Some of these criminals right. wear badges. Some of them wear badges. We're Let's facing them. So, so our system is designed to disarm guns, knives, pistols, shotguns, whatever the situation may bring to you. And it's also used to defend ourselves against any type of attacker. You could be a sister five feet and the brother six three or the cracker six three, three hundred pounds. And they're coming and I have to mention this particular thing because of the traumatic black African Holocaust disorder we have, which is what I diagnose that our people suffer from, from from the actual black African Holocaust. We have many issues that we picked up where we do attack each other, but we are victims attacking others and they become victimized from our victimization. As, as you always know, those who abuse will always abuse others until we get it right and get ourselves together right. collectively. So but getting, getting back cycle. to the point. Right, right, right. And so the sister who's small, we train her how to take down someone much larger than her. So the system is a beautiful science. We provide that free to the community also. And so that's just some of the services we provide. But I will... um. Return it back over to you, um, dead brother. So that's some of the services we provide. Even that Saturday at the Million Man March when we go, which is the Million Man March, what our Minister Farrakhan is doing, I respect the brother. But I will say this in reference to a lot of listeners. Um, going to the U.S. Justice Department to get justice, I don't even understand, but it's all good. I ain't going to say nothing too too hard about that. But the point is that it's just like with Darren Wilson. Um, you take the cracker to the criminal court in domestic U.S., you take him to the federal court, to the Justice Department, it's still under that paradigm. Like Malcolm said, you're taking the guy, you're going from the wolf to the fox. It ain't going um, to be no other difference. But, but, but when we start dealing with human rights, we're talking about the entire international community, and we are the global majority. If people don't understand the dynamic of what we're talking about, and though some may try to get in, Little arguments, well, you know, it's a matter of, so we fighting against civil rights, human rights, no, no, no. And I ain't even trying to talk about whether the cracker is civil or whether they're right, because their ass ain't civil, their ass ain't right, but I'm talking about, or they, and their ass ain't human. I'm talking about our human rights. That's what I'm talking about, and how the international community and how us as the majority reflect that. Now, some would say, you know, well, ain't that just like, you know, that just white people is there, so they run it just like the U.S. No, actually... The sisters whose office I've been in correspondence with back and forth for a while now, who actually runs the International Criminal Court, the International Criminal Court that deals with international criminal law, her name is Fatu Bensoda. It's a black woman who's a prosecutor there now. So when we bring human rights charges against bastards who've killed and murdered us, 
concluding on the people's tribunals coming out of these human rights freedom rides we're doing. That's why we're going around so people can tell us their case and we bring it forward right. and it's accepted. And so right, it's right. a black woman who will be the prosecutor. But moving right along, black power. Indeed, my brother, I appreciate that. You know, it's not only needed, you know what I'm saying, but we need to find out how the people can also participate where they're at for the places that you may not get to. You know what I'm saying? I know that everybody that's listening either has a personal story or people in their immediate circle that have testimonials or stories that they can share themselves. And, you know, that goes on and on and on. So we look forward to seeing you in D.C. And, of course, you know, having you back on the program afterwards, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Indeed. And um, I'd like to put out again, so Friday, October the 9th, 2015, at Gravelly Point Park, 11 a.m., address George Washington Parkway, Arlington, Virginia, 2202, on the banks of the Potomac River, we are having the Armed Black People's March, the Armed Black Human Rights Movement, the Armed Black Human Rights March for self-defense and value of black life and black human rights. That's going to be, again, Friday, October the 9th, 2015, at Gravelly Point Park, 11 a.m. We want all the family to come out, everybody who's going to D.C. Um, if you could adjust your schedule, if you can get there Friday, please do so. We're going to start 11 a.m. Um, we'll probably be getting out of there maybe between 3, around close to around 3 o'clock, but I know how we are as a people. We tend to, if it's over 3, we're going to get there at 3. Don't do that. Um, get there before if you can. And we would like to see the family on the ground at 11 a.m. For those in the vicinity in Virginia who can actually do that, um, Virginia has laws um, that are very um, open. We had to end up spending $7,000, to be honest with you, to be able to put this on. So we did it for you, and we're not asking you for nothing either. We don't want – the only right. thing we want is for you to come and appreciate your human rights. So we ask you to show up if you're close by. If you are going to D.C. anyways for the weekend, do respect and honor and love to yourself and come out ahead of time if you can and be there with us 11 a.m. in the park. Um, be there 11 a.m. to stand up for your human rights, and if you're local – you can bring your, your arms with you. You can bring your rifles, your shotguns. You can do that because we actually, it, there, it's all lawful and legalized. That's how we're able to do so. And like I said, we put a lot into it for you. Um, it's free to you. So we would definitely um, uh, um, love if you can all be there. If you can, just be with us in spirit. And um, Before I mean, you, that, uh, that's just right. Before you go, I would like to ask you a question. Yes, my brother. You know, why do you think it is that our people so easily gravitate towards the marketing of handguns and firearms, you know what I'm saying, and things of that nature in movies, you know, and all other facets of entertainment that we find in society is associated with the gun, you know, especially as a, Francis Cress Wilson points out, even as a, a sex symbol. So, in America, the gun is sexy. You know what I'm saying? The murder was the case in almost every case. So, why is it that our people feel so comfortable 
embracing the gangster, not only the image that comes with him, but everything that comes with that. But when one of their own people pick up a gun, they get a level of paranoia where, you know, you almost feel like the biggest problem you're going to have is them because they might jump in front of a bullet. Saying so, where does that fear come from? If we are a deaf culture that embraces the pistol and every other occurrence, you know, we look at battle rap, they it's six million colorful ways to talk about a gun. But why hasn't the armed revolutionary movement picked up to a degree where it's more inclusive of a majority of people, especially those that look like us? Very, very, very good question. Um, what I'd like to say in answering that is this, you know, um, uh, one good example of um, it's because it all comes from a lack of knowledge and it comes from um, the traumatic black African Holocaust disorder. And the black, well, just to make it clear, because that, that's another topic deep. I had to get, we would have to go in depth into what that even means. So it's all a part of the black African Holocaust. We were disarmed on the plantation. And it was fair to us that if we were ever caught being armed, as many laws dictated, we would be killed or we would be whooped to be armed. So that's what happened. After we got off the plantation, um, our culture began to be highly criminalized with the black codes and all the other stuff. If you was black, you spit on the ground. They made it a felony. They sent you to the convict lease and labor camps. So we were criminalized. And what happened is that... um, being that the gun was something that was taken away from us and we couldn't have it. If we had it, we were criminals, according to the black codes, especially cheap guns. That became um, unlawful to have. We used to make our own guns. That was a crime, so it has a situation. So we begin to see white gangsters with guns. Um, we begin to imitate and emulate that because um, we identified it as a form of power, but this is the point. When it came to defending and protecting ourselves, the way the social engineering was so deep, we were using the guns on ourselves. Um, we reached the point of understanding in the 60s where we took the gun and we stood up and said black power with it and we defended and protected our community. Well, people don't understand what this kind of power that we did in 1960. We did it again from 86 to 92. Was this. We didn't need no media. We didn't need – I'm talking about their media, I'm saying. I'm not saying control our own media and, and even use social media. I'm talking about we didn't need their media or entertainment to do so. We made ourselves pop culture, not that that's what we wanted, by actually going to reclaim our own culture and our own identity. We wore Afros. We had the gun, and the gun stood up to protect ourselves against anybody who violated us, especially criminal cops. So when they socially engineered that away and the Mac and Superfly and all these other things came, it became cool to have the gun to pimp your black woman, to sell dope in your community. So that's what, that's how convenient the gun was. But as soon as somebody said, hey, a brother just got shot down by, you know, some cops or whatever, we, we hiding the gun. We didn't even want the gun to be seen anywhere. But the hypocrisy of it is this. I know many black men and some black women who served in the military, not in our formation, of course, but those in our formation understand. And they come home and they don't own any guns. They don't own no guns. They ain't got nothing. And some of them just become so spiritual and so metaphysical that they, and I, I'm metaphysical and I'm spiritual, but I'm not saying nothing wrong. I'm just saying they get spooked out too. I'm saying that they don't understand the balance, that we are mind, uh, we are spirit and soul, and we are physical. 
So we have to reach each level. We got to perfect our physical. We got to perfect our spiritual. We got to perfect our mental. And we have to perfect the soul so it all goes together. We can't leave one out of the way. How can we secure our metaphysical being and not secure our physical being? It's a contradiction because we walk in flesh, um, though we know what's in us. So that's food for thought. But getting back to the point, though. So what happens is that they don't, they, some of them just, they become pastors and they don't want to see no guns. But as a firearm instructor, you know, I go everywhere throughout the country with that. At one point in time, I was listed as one of the, the, second, the second top instructors um, in the nation. And so I've been many places. And all the crackers that I've seen who are veterans, they got guns. They got 50 cal BMGs. They got grenades. They got all kind of goddamn stuff. They got everything. They even got the licenses <laughs> to have it. But for us, we don't have none of it. And this becomes the right. problem. It's, it's what has been imposed in our community. It's been imposed in our community that we cannot have guns to protect ourselves. Though everybody in the community, besides the people I just mentioned, somehow got a gun hidden in the house somewhere. But it only becomes relevant when the man ain't came home because, you know, I guess you thought he was out sleeping with somebody. He'd been in the bathroom texting too long, so I guess, you know, he's trying to go sleep with somebody or the sister ain't came home. So we use it on each other. We use it in the community, but we don't use it in self-defense. And, yes, we do glamorize the gangster and all of that, but it's by design and social engineering. So it's a duty for those who have a knowledge of self, those of us, who have revolutionary consciousness, revolutionary consciousness to educate those who do not know because we've only been designed to use it to harm ourselves. And when it comes to defending ourselves, we are hiding, throw it in the bushes, do something else, run. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got the baddest brother on the block, Merc Merc. He Merc dirt, okay? But one little cracker come, the gun is in the bushes. He on the ground. Yeah. He, when you see him, if you're from the south, he talk like that. Yeah, what's up, bro? Where there? And then the cracker come out. He's like, yes, sir. How you doing? Yes, uh, my name is, you know, Marcus. <laughs> yes, you know. And and he telling on every he telling on everybody too. Um, I didn't do it. Um, he did it. I. So that's how the situation is. So we guys to buy education <laughs> and about us <laughs> getting better than what we are and reversing the process. Um, did I answer your question, brother? Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. I think that um, not only did you answer it, but you answered it wonderfully and gave us a lot clearer picture, especially with the uh, the characterization of, you know what I'm saying, homie got the gunplay locks, right? And he got the thug life tatted on him and everything. <laughs> when Mr. Charlie come up, when he pop up in the bluff, is, oh, so you, uh, hey, hey, you all right? You need anything? <laughs> you sure? They're like, it's a shooting out here. Yes, I ain't do it, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, they're saying it's got, you know, all that, like, unexplainable. And, and, and that character that they portray every other day never seems to show up. You know, it's the, it's the, it's the mystery. It's the mystery of gentrification. You know, how these quote-unquote high-crime neighborhoods that apparently the way that you rap, that you say that they hell holes, but all of a sudden a European from Wisconsin moves in and they go into the store at 2, 3 in the morning and they walk in poodles and everybody put the drugs away. They throw the guns under the cars. They pull their pants up. You know what I'm saying? They turn the music down. 
Absolutely. And, and right. then they wanna they wanna talk football. Absolutely right. They could be Absolutely. they could be staggering down the block with a wallet hanging out, water cash in the day. They they're good. They know that there's no harm whatsoever befalling them. You know what I'm saying? And right. the reverse logic is that first of all, back in the days that couldn't have been possible, you know what I'm saying? When there still was right. a, a a mentality intact in our environments about what would be allowed and what wouldn't because there was a vicious cycle taking place with people cannibalizing themselves. They still knew what meat was sweeter, you know what I'm saying? And if they could ever get a crack at that big fish, they would snap at it, you know? True. But in the meantime, they was biting, you know what I'm saying, that the people the fish in their own school, their own family, they was cannibalizing their own tribe, but, you know, everybody was looking to overturn that big whale. That's what you went to the city for, and that's where the diggers and, you know, the jostlers and all of them came from. Couldn't, if you wanted to get real money, you could never be scared to take it off of a, a motherfucker who more than likely, 9 out of 10, got more of it than the next man. If that's what they keep showing you, portraying, and telling you, but right. they the safest. They they never even subject to that level of scrutiny. You know what I'm saying? So there's an inherent fear that exists within these communities. Yes. It's true. You know, it's very and, and I liken it to due to uh, people having a certain backdrop to always reinforce their mentality. The absence of that backdrop kind of makes that reality or that mentality a lot more harder to access. And I'm going to use an example. So in hip-hop, there hasn't been a viable protest, fuck the police song since fuck the police. Now, the reason why you would see a turnout like in the L.A. riots, first of all, because that generation, right, of melanated being by their age group and by their, you know, um, um, their DNA, their, their, their generations, their genealogy, they're more connected with the Watts, you know, when L.A. burnt in the 60s, like those memories, those peoples, that was their father. Some of them are still around and actually participated. There's still continuity in regards to that level of protest. And there was music to support it. You know what I'm saying? On both ends. Right. In the 60s, there was music. There was a soundtrack to this level of anger and frustration. In the 80s, late 80s and early 90s, now there was music to reinforce, to say, yeah, fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Now, or fight the power or whatever, there was still a soundtrack to the backdrop. So when you remove the soundtrack and the backdrop of everything else has no more soundtrack music and now it's demonized, like, you know, one building burned and they had a 24-hour news cycle on it. They're burning buildings. In first. No, they was burning like one or two buildings. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and that level of emoting 
criminalized the whole process. Like, oh my God, you're destroying your community. What you seen now to have reporting on riots? You know, they've minimalized the scope of protest that anybody would even be involved in because of how they responded and reacted to this little, you know, semi-insignificant uh, uh, display of frustration. You feel me? True. True. True indeed. They talking right. about the, the, the quick trip and the Seven Eleven and all of that, you know? And that's not to subtract from anybody's rights to properties, but these are the same people that are overseas droning entire villages, communities, and everything, dropping builders on people, you know, single-handedly responsible for the mass migration of, uh, uh, you know, people out of northern parts of Africa and Syria and Turkey and all these other places that they're spilling over from, every and Iraq, everywhere that they went to destabilize in this campaign, this recent campaign, all of those True. people that no longer have functionality in their home setting who have no choice but to disperse because they don't have food anymore. They don't have a food source. They don't have a pipeline to food. They don't have the medicine. They don't have the clean water. You know, they don't have the hope. And they got to pull everything together and reintroduce themselves to a new society that is hostile to them to begin with. And because of their cultural differences, we don't even know how they can even uh, successfully integrate into these places. And this is all by fault of Western powers, the war machine. That's right. Who has, you know, no regard and no level of allocation for redress for this population or segment of society, the civilians, the innocents, you know, the collateral damage who get written off, you know. So we have to understand collectively what is the global struggle of a people that are under suppression from this systematic uh, oppressor. That's you right. Know, who wears many hats and goes by many names, you know what I'm saying, unless not us. Uh, we can't be fooled. It's, it's a... It's a it's a it's an ideology. It's 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 an energy. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not just dealing with a quote unquote identifiable group. You know they've showed that they can export it as an ideology, and true. it becomes other people. You know what I'm saying? It's it's true. It's it's like the blob. You know what I'm saying? It's like the blob. So, you know. That's why sure, we see it all tonight, over the continent. Segment, yeah, your segment is very important, you know, because um, even if we're talking about a modality of warfare, at some point, even the handgun is almost going to be analog compared to all of the new weaponry that's on the board, you know what I'm saying? True indeed. And the new way that they're approaching is a lot more sinister, family, because it's um, very unexpected, you know what I'm saying? by your willful participation on these media platforms, you know what I'm saying, by uh, a wanton display of ignorance from just doing things such as, you know, the way that we text, the way that we talk, the way that we share things on what we perceive to be closed networks and everything but that. So now they're creating these digital profiles and 
They're creating automated weapon systems that have computers that think like humans. You know what I'm saying? They're training True. them to be generals and to make uh, instantaneous decisions on the spot. So let's take the march, upcoming march, for instance, okay? They have what they call now biomapping, okay? So they can use something like this as a J-Helm exercise to say, all right, I'm going to fit a million people into one area. You know, if these people become hostile, let me put that question into this quantum computer now, a computer that has the ability to not only access binary but use the zero and the one at the same time in quantum so it's the cell and the shadow of itself. So they're integrating and running both systems at once. So this is how quick now they can come up with these, uh, uh, you know, these answers to what they consider algorithms. How do you come up with a solution? So warfare is now going to be dealt with as an algorithm. And as they showed you in Captain America 2 with the machineries, you know, they'll run off an algorithm to see what people's threat levels are and they will respond to any perceived threat accordingly. So the warfare is becoming computerized. It's already cyber in its essence. You know, these people That's are true. engaging in a, a World War Three level combat right underneath our nose because this is how it's going down over the cyber realm that you don't see. But they got entire websites that can show you the conflict daily, you know, second by second. Someone is always trying to destabilize. It's true. And the thing about it is that um, when you when you speak of that, we don't understand the level um, of the warfare that we're dealing with because it is true. Um, they've actually become very high tech and computerized. They like you talked about the robotics. That's a part of what they call um, tr- their transhumanism, uh, where they where they go to transcend um, the human aspect. But see, they also have these robots like for example big dog that was a big thing they had they had they was using it um with certain special forces groups in the battlefield now for years they've been trying to create and they they got they completed it see some people hear about the atomic bomb it's an atom bomb but they don't know that the atom bomb came out of the ethnic bomb where they were trying to create some type of device that had an affinity towards us and so they have, they even have weapons, bullets, bombs, things like that. They also have an affinity for you melanin people that, that actually has an affinity for that, that has certain smart dust that targets us. Um, they have the whole field of nanotechnology was developed to target us. And the geothermal weaponry that they use that make the, the so-called hard um, U.S. Patent 4686605 look like child's play. And that also has uh, actual... Um, modernized um, dynamic to it. But the other part is so is so clever that we don't see, okay? They're doing assassinations all over the world. You got you yes. got people sitting sitting in their living room somewhere in Arkansas sending robotic planes to kill somebody thousands of miles away in other countries. And it's assassinations. But when we hear a drone strike, we're like, oh, okay, that's just a drone strike. No, somebody got killed. So the point right. is that they have taken it to a different level, and it is um, cyber. And as you said, the algorithms, some of us don't really understand how that science works, and it's very serious. It's even, it's even on a small scale, we should understand it. You do a Google search for 
potatoes, do it again. All of a sudden, everything stopped popping up on potatoes. You go in your email, something right. pop up. Now you're the potato people. So it's like yeah. it's so deep that our actions, our behaviors, what we type, how we communicate, yes, they have that down. And so they know how to target us in various ways, and we do have to be careful. And and on the other hand, we have to have access to those things too. You can't be you no know, warrior and not uh, and not have access um, to those type of things or not be ready for all factors of warfare. Because as you said, warfare has changed, and we always got to be ready. But that's very serious and in depth. And um, some of us don't even know what a transhuman agenda is. And um, right. And I think uh, it was discussed before about the precogs and and how they actually. Um, have these pre-crime laws. We don't even know they actually have it in America. They, they, yeah, this they is how do. they do it. Though. They cases. brought it in there with Obama. Yeah. Right. And so you got cases where um, sisters go to court. They tell them, you know, the baby in their womb. They don't want to have no more baby. They monitor her baby for life. Brother go to court. Same kind of funny thing go on. He got a, uh, for the most part, um, uh, basically, you might as well just say systematically cut, cut his testicles off. He can't, um, reproduce anymore he can't do that um or else so so that's the situation that goes on and it's so insane that uh we don't understand oh, telling brothers you're saying in the court they're telling brothers they can no longer reproduce yes absolutely in the courts brothers go to the court go to the court go to the court that's an echo I don't know why my phone is echoing, but can, can you have feedback, yeah. brother? Yeah, I hear feedback. Okay. Yeah, I, I have nothing like now. Okay. okay, so brother what I was Red. saying is that brothers okay, brothers go to court, yes, and they tell them. That, uh, in these cases, and I've documented cases, um, a lot of them are child support cases. That's a trick they use. So the brother go to court, you know, he ain't got, he can't pay all this child support. So they say, here's what we're going to do. Instead of giving you time, nigga, um, you have to right now, Go and put yourself in a position where you can't reproduce anymore. You have a vasectomy right now. And that's wow. what they do. And, and and then brothers, too, they've done this too. Brothers who've been locked up for a long period of time, they've also done that to them too. And I have documented cases where the brother ain't even, no child support or nothing. He's just been to court four or five times with four or five different felonies. And that's one of the ways they let him out. Sister's the same way. She's in a position. She got caught with some welfare fraud. It ain't got nothing to do with her baby. They tell her, listen, here's what you're going to do. You go get a hysterectomy, such and such and so, and everything's dropped. Yeah. And so, so they do, yeah, have documented cases on that. And, um, and then to a, to a level wow. of, of, of the babies, though, of them targeting the babies. So they have databases right here in America. It's all documented where they, where they got them monitoring babies, and sometimes the babies in the womb of certain people. Um, because they say that because the parent um, has done criminal behavior, that now they've science that somewhere uh, within the child that the child is prone to criminal behavior. And these, these have come up in case after case. And we don't even understand how serious that is. Uh, we got to do a follow-up show on this. And yes. um, we'll be utilizing There's a platform that I'm using where we can also, while we speak, they can follow us on the computer to see the live demonstration and documentation. I definitely want to share this with the family and drive these points Very home good. because 
This is uh this is all new. I mean I can see it clearly in my mind. Cosmic, they got me in the echo chamber tonight. That's, that's, that's all good. <laughs> it's all good. It's too yeah, powerful. We it, hit it needs, too many it, levels right it, now. It needs to resonate, yeah, at that level. You know what I'm saying? Whether that was going outward or inward, that's where right. it needs to resonate. Because, you know, as I was away, I observed with the conversations, what it was taking place. You know, I listened in some places, and I did investigations in others. And you know, even fielding a lot of phone calls from people in our audience that were no longer able to tune in and, you know, they would call us and check in and see what was good and ask them, you know, well, what's missing out there? Like, what more needs to be done, you know, in regards to the conversation? Sometimes you feel as if everything that needs to be said has already been said, you know what I'm saying? And it's really the only time that's left is, is the time to, to get into doing you know what I'm saying? That doing part that's off the silent. You know, you got your head down working. You know what I'm saying? You wipe the sweat off your brow. You're just getting it in. And then, uh, you know, me. talking can be done afterwards or at dinner, for that matter. That's right. So, you know, that's where we at. And But what I, what I was able to walk away with as a consensus is that people say, you know, there's more of a need and a necessity to... Uh, talk about, you know, these protecting, you know what I'm saying, protecting the systems and, you know, being able to fortify our fronts for security and understanding the different aspects of these computer systems and, you know, different levels of warfare that they're introducing, quote, unquote, mankind to. Absolutely right. And we leave ourselves behind when we don't um, basically educate ourselves and expose ourselves as the battlefield changes and as as certain facets and aspects of war change. So we definitely do. Even even if we're just doing it um, for security reasons and security purposes, it's imperative, um, you know, that we do so. Imperative. What I did want to want to say too, we talked about something a little bit earlier about the fear. You know, there's a diagnosis I got called traumatic black intrusive terror of confinement disorder. I did a broadcast on it um, last week, and it was just getting into um, that fear. So another another um, broadcast we can get into it, but it also just talks about um, just the origins of that fear and uh, what it is. You know, because we were confined when we came over, and the transgenerational epigenetic fear that we have um, consciously came from generation to generation, but then there's even unconscious ramifications of it. And um, one example is that you could be in your car, registration's good, license okay, you ain't did nothing in your life. Cop car pull up behind you, you black, you all nervous, your heart, your heartbeat pacing, and <laughs> and if they pull you over, forget about it. So. That's a part of the condition. That's a part of it. Um, it's a um, it's a corollary of traumatic, of the traumatic black African Holocaust disorder, known as traumatic black obtrusive terror of confinement disorder, um, also known as traumatic black obtrusive um, plesiophobic disorder. 
and um, it has a sub corollary, which is um, the traumatic black obtrusive fear of recurrent confinement disorder, um, also known as traumatic black obtrusive um, psychophobic disorder. So it's deep, but we could discuss that um, when we actually, um, you know, have the top of the hour time to do so. No doubt. We're definitely, yeah, another deep topic for another deep show. We're definitely going to reconvene. Um, you know, and we say thank you again. And we definitely want the family to keep in mind that, like the brother said, this demonstration is for you. You know, at least do it for yourself to know how to fire a gun. When I was younger, you know, it, it, even then it wasn't as commonplace. You know what I'm saying? If you go to somebody, you go to the South, you go to different parts of the country, and somebody be like, yo, they got a shooting range in town, and you go to the shooting range, and you don't really see many of your people. It's a lot of fun, though, and everybody else seems to be wanting to learn and get acclimated how to take that perfect shot for whatever reasons. But, you know, like I said, we got pistols in the hood, so we gravitate towards the glamorization of it, but then we don't want to take it practical. Like, we don't want to be good at it. We don't want to see it as defense, only as, you know, an offensive measure. Feedback. Yeah. I'm listening, bro. Hey, bro, what'd you say, brother? I thought you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, no. I was listening to you, and the feedback came in. I would like to hear the brother elaborate a little bit more, and I didn't get to hear that term he used, uh, the long term with the phobia. I didn't hear the last word. Okay. Uh, What I will do is I'll quickly um, repeat that for you. Um, Basically, uh, uh, what we're dealing with is uh, conditions that we picked up from slavery. I'll briefly um, get into it. And uh, what it is is this, you know. Um, traditionally as Africans, uh, when it came to um, con- um, having people in confinement, that wasn't necessarily our thing. You know, we were people, traditionally, I'm not saying some of us, like as you can see in Kim and Nubia, there were some funny things that went down talking about that. I mean, the actual majority of Africa, um, if somebody did something that we felt violated our moral code, we would send them away somewhere, but they still had a family, they were still outdoors, Confinement was um, actually foreign to the African, and it, it, because it's inhumane, we never even saw that you could tie somebody up and put them in a box and don't let them mm-hmm. out. So this is the point of that. Um, the condition, which is a corollary of the traumatic black African Holocaust, is known as you can write it down: traumatic black obtrusive terror of confinement disorder. No, that's the um, word. Obtrusive. No, obtrusive. Obtrusive. O b. Okay, I got it. Oh, I can hear you now. OB, like okay, I'm close. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't make it out. The, the phone is kind of fuzzy. It's not that you're not articulating. Doing good. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the um, traumatic black obtrusive um, terror confinement, terror of confinement disorder. And um, basically, um, what it entails is this, you know, um, when we came out of traumatic black African Holocaust with, you know, pervasive um, corollaries from the chattel slave plantation to another. And due to centuries of um, obtrusive traumatic confinement, um, you know, outside of the traumas, uh, we carried on um, 
serious conditions, uh, marginalizing the particular ones um, that I just mentioned um, into um, a serious condition. Um, this is how that how that went down quickly. We were on a plantation. It was constant fear of further confinement, meaning that if we got out of line, we said certain things, we were targeted by the slave patrol, the slave police, the um, overseers who were the policing agencies. Then They didn't have law enforcement as it existed. They existed for us. And so we constantly feared them, and we constantly feared further confinement. We constantly feared that whip. And uh, con- contrary to popular belief, a lot of times the slave master would beat us severely but made sure they healed the wounds and tried to get us well as good as they can because they had insurance on us. And if and if the insurance companies found out that the slave actually died by sheer brutality without a reason, they didn't get paid for the loss of the slave. But uh, those policies also stated, though, that if the slave rebelled, that you can lay them low, but then the insurance company did investigations. And um, according to Virgi- Virginia was the, one of the first states, Virginia and Massachusetts, to make race-based slavery legal. And in it, they stated that all slaves were real estate. They actually used the term real estate. It says all slaves are real estate property. And so um, that's how they treated it according to um, those insurance policies. So um, getting um, onto the point, so this was embedded in us, that we feared the overseer community, we feared being in further confinement and being abused by them, then when we were let off the chattel plantation into the modern systematic plantation, the same thing arise because the police now became organized and professional, and you know they were um, paramil- i mean they were militarized now a lot of them being former confederate soldiers and union soldiers, and they came against us hard, and the same process applied quickly with the black clothes you black you stood on the ground a felony black the law actually said this loitering law. It said loitering means this was this was the definition back then. Any black person who was not working was loitering. That was the law. And if you got caught, you, you it was a felony, and they put you to a labor camp, um, turpentine, mining, whatever the situation was, railroad. They sent you there, and um, this went on from time to time to time. And so it was a constant fear on the plantation that, nah, don't say anything. Them overseers going to hear you. Oh, Lord, have mercy, don't. They're going to get you, boy. Then when we got off, be careful. The police out there, the Ku Klux Klan out there and in the 20th, 20th century, 21st century, you know, be, when you go out there, be careful. You know, police out there, you know what I'm saying? They talk to you, just such and so and so and so. So this constant fear, one being psychological, the other um, being social, um, help to contribute to this corollary. And quickly, there are nine symptoms of the traumatic black obtrusive fear of recurrent confinement. That's one of them. That's a person who's also been recently locked up. Uh, one of the, one of the um, symptoms is a feeling of racial panic when a police car pulls up behind you or when you're around the police. Another is feeling of terror when a police asks you questions or asks you to step out of your vehicle and again, when they pull behind you, another is feeling of dread when you see the police or they are approaching you. Another is rapid heartbeat when a police car pulls up behind you and when they pull you over or question you. Another is shortness of breath when you are in the presence of the police or they pull you over or question you. Another is trembling when you stop, when you question. Another is anxiety when you hear or see police cars, you hear sirens, you watch po- uh, cop shows. Next 48, all this other stuff, or you hear about someone going to jail. 
or when the police pull up behind you again. Extreme avoiding measures taken. You ride the back streets because you're trying to avoid the police. Um, a willingness to snitch on another African. If you're taken in and arrested on just a marginal charge, like you stole some bubble gum and they might give you a night in jail, you will snitch on an African that could be facing life in prison for a crime. Um, a willingness to lie or be an informant because this serves as a mental aid in removing your fear from going to jail. Now you feel you are close to the police and sort of like a police. Um, an irrational fear of going to jail or going back to jail that constantly hunts your heart and mind, especially when you see the police. So that that's one aspect of it. Um, the um, the other aspect, uh, which is the traumatic black obtrusive terror of confinement disorder. Um, this one is a little um, a little more in depth, and um, how that works is that it's a fear of being locked in an enclosed place. Um, uh, basically, for example, like people who've been to prison, um, they understand um, there's certain emotions that that they go through. Um, you know, it's devastating. They have a lack of self-esteem if they're in there for a long time. Some people, not everybody, some people arm the mind. But for the most part, a lack of mental stimulation. Uh, when they're locked down, um, basically as melanated people, we need constant stimulation. Um, and with the um, TBOTCD, traumatic black obtrusive terror confinement disorder, um, we become anxious and upset when we imagine being locked in a closed place and having transgenerational flashbacks from slavery and modern incarceration. Um, so that's a hell of a thing. Um, some of the reasons um, of, of this phobia or condition um, as Africans is because we are people of rhythm, movement, and travel and ingenuity. So to lock us down and trap us as a melanated person, it's a very, it's a very stagnant thing. It, 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 it actually attacks us on so many levels. Because as, as black Africans, we fear being locked up because of a loss of freedom, of movement, and the need to be healthy. So, you know, jails Yeah, that was good. That's right. Thank that you. was delicious. I like that. Very um very, very good. Yeah, I I, I like that approach. I, I do understand how it is being analyzed and explained. I, I see it for exactly what it is. They have been, um, since the first time they sacrificed to make an example or one, or whenever they did that, they went full hardcore, you know, whenever they did decide to, to, to how do you say, to souffle a brother out there or lynch him in front of a company. Uh, and this constant expose of brutality is enough to uh, remain in someone's mind to a degree and pass it to their children because they don't want this happening to their family. So, uh, yeah, I get that. I spent 12 years in prison, okay? okay. And I, I understand what you meant when you said some on the mind. It is amazing to me how the majority of people, regardless of ethnic descent or melanin content, are herdable. They are, you know, sheepable. And <laughs> I don't know the word. They're easily led in the wrong direction and hard to lead in the right direction, you know. <laughs> and they, it, but it, I don't understand that dynamic in reality to save my life, aside from the fact that when you look at crops, 
you know, only a few choice fruits are produced. And when you look at an apple tree, you know, it's only a few of those apples that are going to be succulently delicious. The rest of them are for sale. They might be sweet, might be hard, might be soft, might have worms, and it might not. See, and and um, until we are able to galvanize, um, uh, like I see you guys doing, right? organizations and everything, uh, a clique of people that will demonstrate the effectiveness of such, I don't think we're going to get our people to snap out of it. They need to see it working before they gather the heart to to, to really buck the system. You say, you know, United Nations declared that we have a right the human right to carry arms. We have a human right to do all that this nation is doing. We can create our own police force and protect ourselves against them. But the first step is galvanizing the people to be enthused enough to act in that capacity. And that is the highest vault right there. And I'm wondering, <laughs> do you have anything formulated for that, you know, in Absolutely. Absolutely, in simple terms, uh, the military mission of the Revolutionary Black Panther Party is to feed, clothe, shelter, train, and defend our people. So part of our training to our people, I call it low-end black collectivism, a part of that training um, deals with whenever we go in the community, the entire community is politically educated on their human rights and that particular position. So it's a process. You know, once um, they become actively involved in being aware of their humanity and the actual necessity to preserve it, then we could bring them into the high end, which is where, which is our ultimate objective. Our basic objective is to feed, clothe, shelter, train, and defend our people. That's our military mission. And low end objective, the high end objective, is to have our people self sufficient with super abundance and unlimited resources where they're able to feed, clothe, shelter, train, and defend themselves. So at the high level, this is when the people actually take take the initiative and take the action and have the desire to collectively um, deal um, with their own humanity and to preserve it. So that's our military mission, and that, that's actually our intent and purpose throughout the community, throughout our chapters, and throughout our work to bring our people to that level. And so on a local level, we give that political education, but uh, once a week there's a national political education we have, and that's on our broadcast. It's um, Thursday nights at um, 9.30, um, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and it's um, on Blog Talk. It's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Revolutionary Black Panther Party. And uh, we, keep that, um, we keep the torch burning um, as far as that's concerned, but that's the way that we do it. It's our military mission to do so. On the low end, we provide it, and the, the objective is to reach that high end where the people would do for self. Mm-hmm. That's basically um, how we carry that out. And, of course, all of us collectively um, stand um, on that in context in the RBPP. Um, did I answer your question, brother? Yeah, indeed. You you, you did. Terms, I like that. Thank you very much. You're welcome, brother. Indeed. Let me do this. Let me uh, open up our brother KT to our degrees line. Call us on a 404-492. Peace, my brother. What's going on, people? KT. Man. Peace. Much, much light tonight. 
What's the brother's name that's uh, that's been talking? Um, Dr. Ali Muhammad with two L's in the I. A L L I Muhammad. How you doing? In Got the you. I'm good. I'm good, brother. Some serious, serious work right there. Thank you, brother. I thank you. Brother. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So what's good, everybody? What's up, man? Know the ledge is on tonight, <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, in the blue. We got that old. We got that old goon energy going on. Wartime battles. That's why y'all talking, right? That's right. Oh, goon, a goon is in the building. I, I say. That's right. There you go. And I heard you talking about the transhumanism, yo. You know, it's real crazy. You got your boy uh, Ray Ray Lubowitz or whatever over there on Google. You got the transcendent man. Right. <laughs> I just said, put a uh, link in that in the, in the uh, chat, too. 20, 2029, August 29th, same day as uh, Skynet on the Terminator. Oh, they hit the Skynet ah. date? Yeah. Wow. KK, you would see that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and it's because they they came out with the ex machina earlier, which shows the um the utilization of the social networks to create the synthesized mind. But they use that as an engine to fuel a woman. She was a snake, you know. That was a temptation. That's why nigga got killed. <laughs> That right. shit was crazy, but no, the um, the fact that all of the social networks are being utilized for their their information, everything that's being reported, right. and how people react to the headlines and everything like that. What, so what article was that? Mining. Say that. Again. What, what, what article was that, Casey? What's that? That you that you're talking about right now with the data mining. Yeah, that's what I that, that's an ex machina. Uh, oh, oh, all right. Well, damn, I'm glad you brought that up because shit, that's a conversation that uh, we need to do a we whole show early. on. Yeah, that's true indeed. No, I, and I did hear it earlier, and I'm agreeing that we need to continue to have that conversation because um, it's all tied into everything that's taking place right now. Um, I believe it was Blue that gave me the information on DARPA and DARPA's involvement with the whole data mining of social media, but also the involvement of Facebook with DARPA and um, alongside of DARPA, those other NSA agencies, like you said, KT, where they're building, they're building artificial based on because Facebook and social media is dealing with brain functions, behaviorism, and things of that nature, they created an AI, a high level of AI, where they're able to do, you know, all of these um, drills, I would like to say. You know what I'm saying? And they're able right. to get the knee-jerk expressions, and they're able to they gauge. Need, yeah, that's how to get yeah. the algorithm, you know, they, and that, they, that's they what created, ties back to the facts. And... The whole thing with the involvement of a Soros, with the um, with the, the funds that he allocated towards making Ferguson a 24-hour news cycle, his involvement with all of these different quote-unquote uh, activist uh, groups and whatnot, and the fact that they're creating the news now, they're inciting demonstrations, right. they're inciting protests, they're creating hashtags, they're creating um, artificial social. Um, 
you know, petri dishes, okay, right, right. Where, where, where they're able now to enact all kind of behavioral patterns from the Black Lives Matter movement, from F Your Flag movement, from black supremacy movements and things of that nature. So you've already saw, you've already witnessed the operation or the encroachment via social media or via the cyber war against black consciousness. It is taking place as we speak, okay? And um, the indication of that is the uh, uh, the abduction or rather the... Uh, the move that they made on assistant Clayton County, Georgia, where they labeled right. her a domestic terrorist based on her uh, dissenting views that she had on the um, on the white supremacist political structure uh, in America, but was it was it was a, it was a dissenting view, but it was not a view that was um, any way, shape, or form. Uh, arbitrary or different in the view that they've been having online over the past decade or rather the past eight years since Obama's been in office, there are YouTube networks, not just channels, but networks dedicated to showing how they will kill him, speaking about his death and the plans that they have for his death, the plans that they have to kill elected officials, the plans that they have to kill um, citizens of the United States of America, the plans for anarchy and destruction, things of all of those natures. But the only thing different is the people that are saying that are not of uh, Negro descent, okay? You, you, you understand True. what I'm saying? They're not wards of True. the state. They're not identifiers of 14th Amendment citizens. So they're, they're setting a lot of bait. True right. indeed, and, and you, you know, see, not not you, to you, not to interject, but I want to say this quickly. Another thing too is this: okay, they put us in a position where um, sometimes we get too over emotional. They ain't got no right. We got a human right to say what we want. Say we got a human right to freedom of expression. We can say whatever we want to say. But there's a situation now, so we listen to a lot of stuff and we've watched a lot of people and some of us. So now we are saying that we got an open season on killing cops. And we got an open season on killing crackers. That is actually a violation of international law and human rights, too, you know, because that's genocide we, that a person just said. I ain't trying to say it's right for anything, that, any harm to come to somebody expressing themselves because none of us should be locked up. We're the victims. But what I am saying is that we, we need to have better sense um, in some of the things we do. And I ain't never wanted to run with the. Um, with the country, I'm always wanting to run with the with the hairs, but we gotta stop getting caught up into this hyperbole now. Cause some of us think that we doing work by just running our goddamn mouth, talking. Let's go kill the crackers. Okay, kill them all right now. Then what we got tomorrow? Line niggas them acting up. just Line like them. them. Yeah. Kill them all, and what we tomorrow we got niggas acting just like them because we act like them now. So that's the difference between war and warfare. We gotta kill the cracker idea. We gotta kill the cracker social behavior. We gotta kill the cracker in us. And when we do, do all of those levels of warfare, then we could deal with the goddamn literal beast. But that's another serious topic, probably not even on this medium. But that's our issue. We got so caught up into watching lectures and all this other stuff and listening to all this stuff, so then we start doing our own thing, not understanding that stuff can get us caught up. Because this is how we know in the streets. Those of us who've been in the streets, we know if you're really going to do it's not trying to be vulgar. If you're really going to do some shit, you don't talk about it. You just go ain't nothing it. to talk about. So, <laughs> ain't nothing to. Somebody <laughs> talk about it, you'd be like, 
Nigga, what you talking about? Right, what, what, that's right. What, what happened and where did it happen? Really? Right. You're not. That's right. You know, you're not going to elicit a response in a YouTube clip, family. Don't ever look for that. If there's somebody on YouTube speaking about what it is that they just did or with someone who they're affiliated in an organization that they're affiliated did on an open network such as YouTube, that person needs to be unsubscribed to and unfollow immediately because he's putting you in a trap, okay? There are places where people can communicate that's not encrypted like the dark web, those Tor, the uh, the onion router and all of that, the underground, the real underground Zion type shit. Nobody is really having those kind of conversations on how to even access those networks to have conversations. So, no, you cannot talk about anything that's seen as subversive on YouTube or Blog Talk or on Facebook. That should be a required, like, that, that should be a prerequisite at this point. True. We did the level of training through, through Brother um, Khaled Muhammad's era. He taught us well. Steve Coakley, Dell Jones, Barashango, Phil Valentine, a lot of the master teachers who came before that, when this information was underground, taught us well and prepared us. At this point in 2015, we should be mum. There's nothing to talk about. We know, we see, they prepared us for what's going down. It's going down. People still want to have conversations about it. There's nothing to talk about. We're supposed right. to be, you know, no, it's only action at this point. It's building, it's consolidating our networks, it's creating our own economy, our own currencies, it's acquiring land and getting with the people who can help protect us by any means necessary, whether it's through a paperwork, whether it's through identifying the rights that we have as indigenous people on this land, whether it's through a military might. I don't care what it is, whether you have to utilize uh, uh, money to get some damn mercenaries, but at this point, that we find ourselves in the movie, there's nothing to talk about. We did a lot of talking. It's just building right. at this point. The encroachment is upon. It's just a building phase. Like, what, what more is there to talk about? The beast have shown his fangs. I mean, we're so, so, with such gluttons for pain and horror. It's these niggas that like to watch Saw 1 all the way to 7, binging on the marathon. They want to watch all of the horror flicks. They- You know what I mean? That's right. You want a new snuff film on Facebook to convince you to get out the house. How much more savagery do you expect to see? They're giving you everything that you need. You understand what I'm saying, family? At this point, all wounds should be healed that we have amongst each other. Those of us who stand for the same sort of principles. You know what I mean? If if the differences that we have are not life-threatening, like, I cannot align with a man who promotes raping black women. There's no, the differences are too wide and extreme. Yeah. There's no way that yeah, we can, there's no unification after that. But we have other brothers who we have small differences in ideologies and opinions. You eat your fork with your left hand, I eat it with my right. We could still. Black Power? Uh, brother uh, fell off? Oh, hello? Red, you there? Yeah, the line drop. He'll be back. Okay. Yeah, but, um, man, but what brother, that's it. Yeah, so what the brother was saying, though, too, you know, it's imperative that we do understand that, man. You know, we got 
always understand that it's always the beast's idea to keep um to keep feuds among us and we gotta be mature. I think that it's very immature for us to even be that petty. Like what could a brother or sister say to you that will make you wanna go to all out war over words or ideology or differences? Like for right. example, like us, um, from this perspective, I mean I'm gonna just say this. I know I ain't I'm not speaking metaphysically now, I'm just speaking um physically, militaristically. I wouldn't care. If you are an African person, a black person, and you worship a stick, a piece of a piece of meat, um, a cross, a star and crescent, um, some of our great beloved ancestors, Shango, Oshun, Yemenya, Aset Asal, uh, you want to say you're a Hebrew, whatever it is, as long as you're here to serve our people and do what's necessary, that's all that matters. We got to put all the foolishness aside. And the problem is that a lot of times people are so insecure in their own selves that they got to attack somebody else to make them feel good. And that's that we pick that up from the white man and we pick it up, pick it up from our abuse and our condition. So that's where right. those things um, come in. But it is our duty. Though. When we see a brother or sister doing something that we don't agree with, no matter how hard it is, because we always got to remember we still behind enemy lines. It's always our duty still to pull them to the side and educate them. And not be so quick to just ostracize them and, and send them out. That is always out. Even if they just totally sing like they just got them off, we still got a duty. Um, none, none of us are racially perfect for our people. We can't. None of us can say that all of our existence we did perfect things by our people. So if none of us can say that all of our physical existence and and this flesh that we have we did perfect things for our people, we can't be as self righteous to to just be arguing and hating each other. We got to do do better um, for each other, with, e- with each other, because that's the perfect thing the enemy does. That's what COINTELPRO, MH, CHAOS, and GOD AND PLOT was all about, to have us divided and feuding and just hating on each other. I hate you niggas. You niggas are cultural nationalists. You Negroes are revolutionary nationalists, and revolutionary nationalists is better than cultural nationalists, and I don't care about anything you say. Bloods are better than Crips. Exactly, and we always have to keep that lesson there, brother, at the forefront of this movement, the fact that Cointel Pro had a very similar pattern to one that we see the brothers and sisters are following in this social media era of consciousness. You, you, people always talk about the agent this and Cointel Pro that, and uh, are they moving in? And I'm like, they they created the, the environment that, that was ripe in the 60s while brothers and sisters were losing their lives in the community is being created again. Hey, you got to repeat that because I, I, some people may not have heard that. I want you to run that back one more time. Yeah, hit hit that again one more time. Say it again, please. That our brothers and sisters are looking for, when they're looking at what happened in Cointel Pro, they're looking for the agent. They're looking for the infiltration, not knowing that, when we were infiltrated in the 60s and the 70s in Cointel Pro, it was creating the environment that led to the shedding of blood amongst the different conscious organizations. And if you're looking through, if you're really looking at what's taking place right now, then you'll realize that that environment is being recreated again in the social media era of consciousness. What is the social media era of consciousness? I'm on the phone with you, good brother. You're in Florida. I'm in New York. 
Me and you never met face-to-face in press flesh. I never looked at you in your eyes, but based on a dissenting view that I might hear you say over the phone or online on Facebook or on YouTube, I now have a detachment. I have a desensitized detachment to who you are personally as a man. First of all, your family life, how you raise your children, the way that your community holds you up, I don't have any attachment to that via Facebook or social media, the way that I attack you, the way that I, I answer, you know what I mean, the way that I, I, um, I, I, I may reply to your comment, you know what I mean, is one of a combative nature. I'm talking down to you. I call you a bitch-ass nigga. I call you out of your name. I say all kind of things about you and your family. Facts. But when I see you, right, the same person that I went to war with online, but when I see you physically, face-to-face, and our energies come together, there's just a, a, a certain nature about my brother or my sister that I would have to submit or succumb to my ignorance and be like, damn, brother, I'm sorry, man. You know what? And, and, and all of that shit goes out the window, right? And the right. fact that when we're in the room with each other, a lot of that negativity that you see in social media, online, it does not exist. Because I've been to plenty of lectures, and I've never really been in a lecture where the shit was super tense amongst people who was online in social media going at each other. they in the hallway hugging and building and having ciphers. It's still, they still sharpening each other's sword, but the contention is gone. That's the dangers of social media. That's the dangers of this energy that all of us, this intellect that each one of us possess at such a high level and degree, interacting with each other with no foundations. That's right. That's right. You you hit the nail on the head so so beautifully and so 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 seriously. Here's the situation. It took COINTELPRO, MH Chaos, and all of those programs collectively a hundred years just about to get us to where we were in the 70s, the 60s, and the 80s, you know, coming from the whole dynamic to end up creating our struggle into just a bloods and crypts killing each other. It took, it took them almost 100 years to do that, coming from, Back. you know, all the way from the beginning, um, from when, uh, before the OSS became CIA, all of that other stuff, and the Bureau of Investigation became the FBI, et cetera, et cetera. But to the point, it only took Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube less than 10 years to do it. <laughs> It took it. Not it even. Took it. Some Nothing. of them things didn't even have a 10-year birthday. Right. Right. You're right, though. You're right. You're right. Overnight. But right. I mean, collectively. Overnight. Yeah. So, <laughs> the family, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because my, it, was, it took my father. My own father had to tell me about the true history. Void of... He had to remove the romanticism of the 60s. He had to remove the romanticism of the 70s and just keep that shit a hundred, a, a fucking buck with me. You know what I mean? There was a lot of murders taking place in the conscious community back in the days during Karenga's era, the Panthers, and the, and, and the brothers in Philly, and things of that nature with the nation and all of that, the gods in New York, the gods in the earth. There was a lot of violence that was taking place. And all of them, right. Yeah, there was a lot of bodies that was dropping. It wasn't the beast. So the environment, and then once that infiltration happened, of course it was easy to go amongst the ranks, like you said, and cause chaos. We see this. We see the story repeat itself when we watch Gangland. 
We saw we see the story repeat itself when we watch American Gangster. We see the story repeat itself when we watch every single depiction that speaks about our humble beginnings before we became uh, 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 murder gangs or, or, or death cults, death cults, or death death squads for that matter. Our humble beginnings always started out as a street conscious organization. The motherfucking GDs and them was giving people. You know, they was all in the neighbor the neighborhood in Chicago really on some growth and development under Larry Hoover. You have our Panther brothers feeding the babies on some more we was giving them they was feeding the children. They 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 they, they are the progenitors of what you know now, family, as school lunch. They brought they ushered in that program. That was a social entrepreneurship program that was introduced through the Panthers. You know what I mean? You have the Nation of Gods and Earth and all of the work that they were doing in the streets, the fellowshipping that they were able to do by raising up the youth. They were taking at-risk youth and giving them the lessons in the, in the, in the era where the social, all of the social programs collapsed, right? So there was a humble beginning in the bloods and the crypts. They were protecting them. They were protecting their neighborhood. They were socially conscious. Um, social clubs, you know how you got social clubs like the Bada Bing and all of that shit that they show you with the mob where they would have pool halls, they had the pool tables, they were playing jukebox music and they were hanging out and they also did deals and stuff like that behind the scenes in those social clubs. We were, we had that as well. Now, when they introduced drugs or when they introduced narcotics for that matter, when they introduced weapons, they were not being manufactured in those neighborhoods. When they introduced foreign weapons, exotic weapons into these neighborhoods, then you saw the manipulation of those social programs or those social organizations turn into street organizations, turn into gangs, turn into killer, uh, uh, killer movements. Like you said, there's a pattern, though, that they were following. How the hell is it that you see that pattern repeated in different states during the same era. What the fuck is this, the 100 right. monkey theory? What is? What happened? Niggas <laughs> just picked up a gun one place and just started killing everywhere? No. This was systematic because coincidentally, around the same time that all of these um, different groups go into uh, tank, they were dealing with government agencies. They were getting funds from government agencies such as El Rukin under Jeff True. Ford, such as Growth and Development, such as the Panthers, such as... Um, uh, some of the groups that came out of the Oakland uh, uh, area. It's not a coincidence. True. To the point that you know, when um, Community Revolution and Progress came, as you mentioned, they even they were getting government funding, and the government said, hold on for a minute. You can't use the name Community Revolution. It must be reformed. They even dictated certain things. So it is very yeah. true. Yes, indeed. But, what you're able to do when they start giving you money. Yep. That's right. You know, so now fast forward to today, you only have to sit back and look at the new organizations that have come coincidentally overnight into our collective circles with no backgrounds, with no identifiable elders that can answer for their, for the entry into the movement. And now they're funded not not only by government agencies, they're funded by private donors, multimillionaire private donors who have agendas, okay? 
And when you come to find out that even the uh, hashtags such as I can't breathe and uh, do not shoot, hands up, don't shoot, um, Black Lives Matter, some of these hashtags are results of think tanks that are being funded by these donors and by these Europeans who do not have the vested interest of African-Americans in hand. How is it that the whole Ferguson news cycle was funded? How, how is it that it was created by a multimillionaire? No, nobody is asking these questions. How could you create a news cycle off of a murder of an of a 18-year-old black boy? True. The minute he, before his blood dried up, they said that George Soros and them was funding CNN and all of these other um, organizations, these media outlets that are for sale because advertisers buy news blocks and whatnot. They were funding that story to be a 24-hour news cycle simultaneously flying in these Black Lives Matter activists and other people to start up the revolution that these Negroes out here feel like, you know, is the is the second coming of Martin Luther King and them. What's going on here? What the fuck is going on? And now, fast forward after 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 these things start yeah. Now we find ourselves on Fox and Hannity in the conversation of Donald Trump and people of that nature, where they would utilize spin, they would utilize all of the tactics that they've been building up over the years, going to war with, I'll say it more. Right. Hold whether, on one you second. Know, Give me one second, family. You got 90 seconds. If you're listening on a computer and you want to continue with us, past the uh, cutoff point, 347. 637-2135 is the number that you have to call immediately, 347-637-2135. Please continue. The war that they've been having against Moors, I'm glad certain information is coming out where people are explaining to the family how the European has basically identified Moors as Arabs and blacks. It don't matter. They don't, they don't, they don't have a differentiation. They're looking at the whole dynasty. So everything that they're doing over there in Yemen and Syria and Iraq and all of that stuff, they, oh, yeah, please understand that that's a Christian crusade, Inquisition type of Roman Catholic uh, between the crown and the church because they both signed the papal bulls. The crown, the, the church signed the papal bull. No, the crown. No, the church signed the papal bull. The pope signed the papal bull to the crown to conquer in the name of the church. And it's a holy war attached to that. And there's an inquisition attached to that. That's what you see continuously play out. So the same laws that they drafted overseas for brothers and sisters, because brothers over here might not be aware to the connection that they have to North Africa, to the Maghreb and other places. Yeah. Those laws are uh, retroactively applying to niggas in the hood. Okay. As you can see, you know what I'm saying? So they're painting everybody with a brush that they've already painted over there. And you see what they did over there. You know what a you know the power of a kill list? You know the power of you know the the, the you, you know when you label a homeland terrorist, what kind of rights go out the window? I'm just saying, that's a conversation that should be had. 
true. You know, that's true. and coincidentally, when these groups pop up, now they running around acting all, uh, uh, I don't know who they answer to. I don't know. I don't even know where they came from. But now they're like, oh, we're <laughs> homeland terrorists. We're homeland terrorists. Don't chase us. Don't say, you know what I mean? They, they got the LBGT community debating, you know, uh, Wolf Blitzer about being labeled homeland terrorists. And it's almost a joke. But now you're seeing the acts fall on real people that are doing real things in real time. So when we talk about Cointel Pro and we're talking about how these Europeans or rather how, this, how, how, how these adversarial forces are utilizing these platforms that we frequent and that we exist on against us, or rather, in a way that one would be playing chess against another person, they're utilizing it as a chessboard. So it's very important for us, you know, collectively to see certain things as they're going down and collectively begin to work together by exchanging, you know, right information or applicable information for the now. Stop pontificating and wasting time with information that doesn't serve our greater purpose, you know, because if you distract us and if you waste our time with information that's taking our time, this is precious for us because we have to prepare for a future for our children, then you're just as detrimental to our health as our adversary. You know what I mean? No, indeed. That's right. For the brothers and the sisters in the community who just feel that, that, that they really have to inundate you with a bunch of bullshit, you know what I mean, because it's attached to their ego. You know, they need to have a fucking seat. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's mm-hmm. time for games are over. You know, right. it's, it's over. That's right. That's right. So, and what I wanted to, to say too, in addition to what you're saying, when we understand, as you stated, okay, traditionally all that stuff in the Patriot Act and the Patriot Act, you know, with with NDAA, all of that, um, these are things that they always targeted us with. And it used to be on the low. Like you didn't know that they, you could see it and feel it. Something was going on, but it wasn't public until certain files got released that, oh, there's COINTELPRO. Uh-oh, somebody did a raid paperwork. It says, kill this black person. Kill this nigga. Kill that one. Put, this, put the Panther against that one. Put, put us organization against this one. Say, t- write Karanga a fake letter and say this. Write, write Huey a fake letter and say that. So all of that became the issue, and it was like, Target this black person, neutralize this black person, neutralize that black organization, neutralize this nigga, neutralize that nigga, and that was on the low. And then it became this big tragedy where the public was like, oh, my goodness, they were doing this? And so what happens is that what the pseudo-wannabe fake 9-11 thing did was um, with the Patriot Act and DHS, it made it publicly accepted because now it's it's something I call neo-white supremacy where you ain't got to put – us on. You ain't got to say Africans, black people, this black or nothing. All you got to do after the mentality is pervasive, just put it out there and it's going to target us. So they put it there that all the activity we've ever done as, in activism and the work we've done, now they made it criminal. So you go in there, if you talk this way and organize that way, it's considered domestic terrorism. If you do this thing, you do that thing, it's considered. Uh, it's, it even says this is domestic terrorism, this right here. If you, this is what I'm getting ready to say, if you try to use activism to persuade a political position, that's terrorism. If you got a misdemeanor, according to the Patriot Act, your ass is a terrorist. 
<laughs> so so the whole point is that just imagine um you know back in the back in the sixties and seventies we went to jail every day sometime um you know doing protests and activism so you know those misdemeanors so they add up but the point is that so that's what it states so it's like a whole right. different level of things that's going on so according to all, um all current information they talk about how everybody flocking to the Black Lives Matter movement has um special FBI detail attached to them. And that's another thing, mm. too. But, see, the whole thing we got to understand, too, is that, you know, the fusion centers. You know, a fusion center is basically COINTELPRO on steroids, MHKOS, Garden Clyde on steroids, where you got military, CIA, FBI, DEA, and local law enforcement in one little area. And Missouri right. happens to be the main center in America is actually in Missouri, the main fusion center. So when all that stuff went down, they wanted to do that because now they got an operation in effect that they can do what right. they always wanted to do to show, test, experiment, all this other stuff, and we didn't even understand the level they was on with it. We just got caught right. up into the emotions of going out there, hands up, don't shoot, and just looking crazy and doing whatever it is we were doing. I mean, not knocking anybody because some of us, if that's the only way we thought we was doing something, then, you know, it is what it is, but... The reality of it is that um, the level of of actual um, strategy and warfare they're using on us, you know, is um, is basically what's in effect. So, you know, um, all of that, what you said, that's, that's on point, that hits right home. And it's something that we have to understand. And at the top of what you said, why are we sitting here trying to use hyperbole to see who could out-verbally kill a cracker? What's, what is, what's that going to do for just running your mouth? If you If you were going to do something... Why are you telling somebody? I don't even want to know about it. Don't tell me about it. I shouldn't even know about it. But that's just, that's the ignorance that we're on that we like pump and show and play. But when we get off of that, we probably, the same people we talking about doing something, we probably like right next to them. So we got to cut that out as a people and, and start working. And because all, like you said, everything's already lined up so as to get to work. And that's why we made it our military mission and RVPP to work, get on the ground and work, feed the people, clothe the people, shelter them, train them, defend them, do this work, educate them, do the work, do the work. And then we could respect ideology. You know, somebody um, like we could respect Morris Science, MSTA. Uh, We could respect Prophet Noble Juali. We could respect Father Allah, Clarence 13X. We could respect the Father. We could respect the, the Honorable Dr. Malachi Z. York. We could respect all facets of Hebrewism, whether it's coming from um, the um, you, um, the Israeli Church of Universal Practical Knowledge, which has many offshots now, whether it's coming from the um, the Kingdom of Yah with um, um, Baba Ben Amikata Ashe, um, whether it's coming from Yahweh Ben Yahweh, yeah. whatever the dynamic is, we could respect that. We could respect Black Muslim, whether it's Nation of Islam or some offshot. We could respect um, Yoruba. Hebrew, uh, he, I'm sorry, Yoruba, Ebo, and Akan. We can respect Budon. We can call out Omar Dumare and see no contradiction in calling on Ra and calling on Allah and calling on Yahweh, Yahweh. We we, see, we can see no distinction, but the problem is that when we want to be seen and we want to get into this, um, as you say, egotism and all this other stuff, we don't want to see that. We're stuck with not doing anything except playing games. And that's and that's one of the reasons why we're still in the position we're in, because instead of doing work, that's what we're doing. Running our mouth, arguing and all this other stuff. But 
you um you brought it home though. I mean, you definitely brought it home. Um, very powerful, very powerful information. Um, here's what I do need to do though, family. Um, you know, we have we're gonna have a long, we have a long trip. I ain't gonna really say on the air uh, what the logistics is as far as the travel. So, so at this point, I do have to um have to proceed. I do have to actually leave. Um, if there's um, if you're gonna open the lines, yeah. there, brother, I will stay another five minutes. Okay. I'm going to open up the line. I do appreciate the time that you have spent with us, information that you've shared with us. And like I said, Thank we you. definitely have to put together a uh, designated show to highlight some of the things that we spoke on and touched on. Yes. All right. But in the meantime, in between time, let me go to our first caller, caller from the 562-375-562-375, caller Peace. Peace, greetings, caller five six two three seven five. Is that you? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Peace. Oh, great. Peace. This is Sister Jamila with the Revolutionary Black Panther Party. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, doing wonderful. Great. I I was listening. Thank you for inaugurating. Our you're the first listener, you know, since we've been back from our hiatus. So your energy is what just opened up this whole uh, procession. So thank you, peace. Oh, well, peace! I'm I'm very happy to hear that. You know, I was listening to you guys and listening to um, my chief, Dr. Ali Muhammad. You know, yes. it, I mean, everything you all say is very powerful. Um, I've listened to you guys a couple of times before, you know, and um, very knowledgeable. You you share a lot of wisdom and strength. And, you know, like I said, I I follow my chief and and the things that when when unity comes together, the things that we share is so powerful, you know, and I just want to thank you all for putting on the show that you guys put on. And also... um, I came on the line also because I heard you guys speaking of, you know, social media and that yeah. interests me, you know, it really interests me because that is my position as National Minister of Social Media. And the thing with that, all I want to say is this, you know, it seems like the world has, you know, well, it doesn't seem like it has. The world has changed to social media. People are on there and they're discussing, I'm going to take a shower, I'm getting in the bath. I'm going in the bathtub. I'm at work. I'm on the freeway. You know, so it's like it's. It seems like the only way to reach our people nowadays is to get on social media. Because I notice if I call somebody or I check somebody, they don't respond. But all I have to do is go on social media. You know, look on the right side. Okay, the chat is, they, they're on chat. So I go to, you know, the chat section. Yeah, the And there you You know? <laughs> like, this is where you yes. hanging out at. Okay. You don't come to the ball no more. You you on the right side yes. bar of the screen. <laughs> you hanging out there too because you know. You see? So you see the little green symbol and it's lit up so you know they're online. You see? So <laughs> but I just, you know, I just wanted to mention that, and you know, you you guys shared a lot of things that 
very very knowledgeable to me, and I just appreciate it. And I hope you guys are also coming out on the ninth. So that's why I, you know, spoke up and wanted to speak with you guys to see if you guys are also coming out. Indeed. Are you guys coming out on the ninth? That is the plan. I hope so. You know. I hope so. Yeah, I look forward to, you know, for us in unity and all of us, for all of us to be there together, you know, to represent and right. fight for what we owed. And, you know, basically that's all I wanted to say. And just touch bases with you guys. And I look forward to seeing you guys. And I want to thank my chief. And I want to thank you guys for coming together in unity all the time. And Black Power, that's it. Black Power. Oh, yes, indeed. Give thanks. Black Power. Black Power. Peace. Now, Brother Ali, I also want to ask, on the date of Saturday, on the date of actual March, do you have a designated place? How will people get in contact with you if they come to D.C. and they miss Friday, but they're there on Saturday and they still want to link up? Um, They can call me. Um, Let me give you the number right now. They can reach me at area code 562-419-2991. That's 562-419-2991. I can be reached that way. Um, they can also email me at dr.am223ar15 at gmail.com. That's dr.am223ar15 at gmail.com. Um, through those two mediums, they'll be able to get in touch with me immediately. So they can reach me um, through the number, 562-419-2991, or via email, and I'll be checking that all that um, um, very frequently. So that's the best way they can reach me. Indeed. You mean in D.C., while I'm in D.C., right? Correct, yes, Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's how they'll be able to reach me Saturday. Just like that. All right. So that's for any anybody who want to reach me. But, um, you know, I thank you, um, is there any more callers or you um uh I definitely want to honor you know the time that you've already given us and the okay, fact that you good. have okay. stated that you gotta handle some things yeah, to prepare for the road. Well yeah. yeah, this is this broadcast is later than we normally do. We started late so we went into you know, the wee hours. So I also gotta right. call it uh a show very shortly as well. Very but good, okay. We are in high honor of the time that you spent with us, the energy that has been exchanged, the information that has been imparted, you know, and we look forward to the continuation of, uh, you know, sharing a platform with you and putting some of these shows together. Thank you, brother, and I, I thank you very right. much, and I look forward to we it. salute too. you for your yeah. efforts, for your demonstration. We look forward to seeing you in D.C., and, Thank you, uh, you know, continue standing tall for the community. Thank you, brother. And I thank you you as well, and y'all continue to hold it down and keep giving us very strong and powerful information in the pipeline um, for strength and truth and facts. Um, I thank you, brother, and I look forward to seeing you soon, too. Um, peace and love um, and all of the greetings. And um, black power as well, brother. Peace. Indeed. Peace. Okay, I'm going to take one more caller uh, before we convene for the evening, you know. We should be broadcasting live and direct on Friday from D.C. as well. So definitely uh, look forward to that, family. 
right, and that would be advertised much earlier so we could get back into the the wave of marketing and promotions. This was very last minute and unexpected. So for the family that's hearing this in the podcast, shout out, salute to you. Hope that we've answered the majority of questions that have been lingering as to, uh, you know, what the status is and everything. So let me go to this this last caller. This is Phoenician 9 calling in. I believe it's going to be a Skype call, Phoenician. Peace to you and yours. Welcome to KTL Radio. Peace. Peace. Hey, um, let me let me just per let me just first give you my email because I'm probably gonna try to go in because I've 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 I'm pretty sure that you are aware of netters, you know, and it's my job to catch. So I'm gonna do my best to bring another angle to this because somebody needs to speak on this. All right. Now, um, I got a show over on high frequency. I don't get paid for the show. I do it just out of fun. Uh, you know, I. I don't want anybody to get it confused. You go over there, you just and you just indulge me. But I wanted to talk to you today about um, this march, and and I wanted to speak my mind as far as these things are concerned. Listen, we can no longer sit around here and make strategic plans with plans where they are not economically sound. Now, the Washita Nation is out there. There are several other nations that are out there. Okay, you guys should be doing this mar- these marches on sovereign territory, which you do not have interaction at all. You know, one of the things that I don't like, you know what I'm saying, and I'm going to keep it respectful on here as far as my language is concerned, brother, but I, I certainly hope that you email so we can sit down and we can talk. One of the things that I don't like is when we concentrate our, popul- our populace inside of, these, inside of these cities, which are clearly, um, um, they're not for us. All right. We concentrate our resources inside of them and just give them our fucking money, man. The problem that I have with that is that there are a lot of black cities around the United States that could use that economic infusion. Continuing to walk into D.C. has never been anything that I've seen any um, prosperity out of. Okay, so I don't continue to, to, to have the same habits. I don't mind the themes. I don't mind a million people marching somewhere. I want them to. I want them to gather. But what I'm telling you is that we have to get out of this shit where we are constantly sitting around and we we are asking somebody to change their morality. I teach creator physics, plasma physics on high frequency radio. Okay, and one of the things that I talk about constantly is this. There is no reason to continue to keep dealing with the fox when you want them out of the house. Turn your back on them. All right. This goes into creatorship, all right? If anybody has a problem with where we should go and what we should do, then create it for yourselves. I am tired of people running around and talking about what we should do when we go in here asking the most adversarial fucking group that we have in the entire country to have a morality. It never worked before. And if I was an alien and I was just looking, 